Cuba Gooding Jr. as a potential gangbanger? Nah, probably not. But we watched Boys in the Hood anyway to see how good was it. Welcome back, friends, to How Good Was It? Where we review the movies of our past and sometimes the present to see how they hold up in this modern age. And this week, well, let me start by saying we just came out of our big fright month, which was a lot of fun. And we want to thank our supporters for tuning in. And hopefully you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed bringing it to you. But let's get some intros in, man. What is up, Scott? Hey, what's happening, June? And what is up, Dana? Oye, papi. Hello. <laughs> I love it when you break out the Spanish for me, Dana. Um, welcome back, guys, man. It is, it is so good to be back with you guys, as always. And uh, this week, we're straying a little differently, aren't we, guys? Something a yeah. little bit more, uh, well, by our standards, I guess, up to date, but it's not really. It's pretty retro, but still, we kind of stay diving into the 80s. So with this episode, and this was a Dana pick, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes, this is Dana. So I will let Dana introduce this week's movie, Gold Dana. Oh, guys, thank you for letting me pick again. I, I, one day you guys will learn that I should stop picking movies <laughs> but until then. So we're extending Fright Month with something more frightening <laughs> than ghouls and ghosts. Boys in the Hood. Frightening for Scott. <laughs> Trey wanted to work his way up. Trey is a grown man now. He is not a little boy anymore. Heard you like Mr. GQ Smooth now. Maybe some of what you got to rub off on it. Ricky was looking for a better life. I want to do something with my life, right? I want to be somebody. When you were a little boy, I used to run around here all the time with that football in your hand. I always knew you would amount to something. Doughboy was living by the laws of the street. Fuck you looking at, nigga? We got a problem here? We got a problem, nigga? Can we have one night where there ain't no fight, nobody gets shot? It's hard to be a saint in South Central L.A. I don't understand why you insist on learning things the hard way, Trey, but you're going to learn. Before we get into this week's episode, I'd like to give our audience a little reminder of what we do here at How Good Was It? Each episode is broken up into two halves. The first half is all about our recollection from memory of the movie. We then pause, we watch the movie, and we come back to go over how much we got wrong, how much we got right, and most importantly, does the movie still hold up? Is it as good or as bad as we remember it to be? With that, let's get into this week's movie. <laughs> yes, you heard it right, folks. We are stepping finally. I don't know if we've stepped into the 90s at all during our we life of this yeah, podcast well, but we've gone to the 2000s but maybe not the 90s i, I don't know that i think we, we must have done a 90s movie somewhere in there oh who knows who and knows I'm the last person yeah I'm like, like we will remember anyways yeah it, exactly it's troubling that to me that this movie is old like i think we were just trying to discuss uh what year this came out i'm pretty sure this came out in the early 90s like maybe yeah. 90 91 92 uh this is done during just after like the nwa heyday you know, because that's yeah. what I associated this uh, this movie with, you know, especially Ice Cube's in this movie. 
And it, it makes me feel old because this is one of the movies, you know, we, we do a lot of eighties movies and those are, they remind me of being a kid and being a, you know, preteen or, or a teenager watching these movies. Well, you know, this movie, I was probably 19 or 20 years old and, you know, it doesn't seem like that long ago. So now I'm starting to feel, feel old. <laughs> so Dana, you must have been a wee bit child, man, when this came out. How old were you? And why were you watching Boys in the Hood at that time? <laughs> wow. 91. So 91, we're talking. You're right. I probably shouldn't have been watching this movie. But uh, shout out to good parenting. Love you, mom. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we're talking about maybe like eight, uh, seven, eight, seven, eight. Are yeah, you when kidding came me? Out. Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. Dude. So I, I've got to, I got to take a deep dive into this data. <laughs> so why at that age did you even want to watch this movie? Was it like all the hype around it? Because I remember there was a lot of hype around it at the time. Well, you know, I, I, I swear, and this will definitely be a shout out to my mom, who's going to be like, "What?" Um, <laughs> my mom actually was huge into music, and she was huge into like these type of movies she loved like just kind of hood movies this was i think john singleton was really big on kind of bringing the the black diaspora into stuff so she loved these type of movies so of course just the the next parent being uh my mother the other prominent parent in my household was tv so <laughs> this is how this is how boys in the hood came into my life i i'm pretty confident uh but yeah no we we loved movies like this where it was just uh uh, a, a different aspect of uh, American life, as you could say. Did you, do you think you saw it in the theater or you just saw this on cable after it came out? Well, also weird Dana news. So I'm a military brat and I am pretty confident when I probably first truly watched this, it probably was overseas. We were in, uh, we were in Japan. So I'm guessing that this, if it came to theaters, it would have came to theaters like a year later. Uh, um, so it was either cool. that or it was kind of like just kind of how movies work when you're kind of on base, that type of stuff. So if, I probably didn't see it in 91, but I probably saw it like 92, 93-ish where, uh, you know, it lined up. So yeah. wow. so I think that's probably when I'm going to watch that movie. What about you, Scott? Did you see this in the theater? I don't think so. I probably was scared I was going to get shot or something. <laughs> yeah, you know, this was... Uh, this movie, I think this movie had a bit of a, a stigma about it when it came out, oh, if it I sure remember did. right. I think there was a bit of a worrisome among people that it was going to be like riots in the theater. And uh, before, this is probably not long after Rodney King, right? It's got to be right around that time. I think, uh, you know, that that is what we knew South Central from in, in, yeah. in my white hood. Is, <laughs> that's what we knew <laughs> South Central from. And that, this movie was about that. And yeah, I think there was probably some uh, fear for the the white public to go see this movie at the time. No, I remember the time pretty vividly. Not that I doesn't mean I remember the 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 movie at all. Just remember the time period. And you're right, Scott. I believe it was either, either shortly, it was right before or right after the whole Rodney King incident. And for those that don't know in the audience, um, you can Google it. I'm not going to go into the whole thing. You know, just to give you a, a little synopsis, uh, Rodney King was a gentleman who was terribly, horribly abused by L.A. cops. And what made the difference, um, it was the first time it was captured on video, brought out for the world to see. And so this, this is a big 
controversy around it. It was all over the news. It directly led to, uh, uh, I don't know if you'd call it an uprising, but uh, just look up Rodney King and L.A. riots and you'll get the wow. whole story. Um, it was a pretty scary time, I'm sure, for most people in the West Coast, especially in Los Angeles. Um, but yeah, I mean, this this film, from what I remember, yeah, directed by John Singleton, as uh, Dana mentioned before. And John Singleton, I'm not sure if this was, was this his first movie? Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is his first film. He <laughs> wrote this, he wrote it, directed, and I think he wrote it when he was a, a student at a USC. He went to film school, I think, at USC. Oh. And he... Um, you know, I, I wish I remember this. I know I heard this on a different podcast. There's some famous celebrity who uh, John Singleton was working as a PA on his whatever movie he was on and kept showing him the script to Boys in the Hood. He's kept telling him, you know, I'm going to make this one day. You know, this this is this is the movie I'm going to make. And <clears throat> the guy read it and said, oh, you know, this is really good. You know, I can help you, whatever I can. You know, he's like, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to direct it. I'm, you know, this is going to be my my film. And sure enough, years later, a couple of years later, it came. He saw it come out. And I, I for like me, I don't remember what celebrity was telling the story, but it was a it was a big name movie star. And I, I can't remember who it was. Wow. So this was his first film. Yeah. I, from what I remember of the film, it wasn't like. <clears throat> excuse me it wasn't like it was a low budget affair not that it needed an extremely large budget it wasn't like yeah uh, a film filled with cgi or special effects or anything uh, like it wasn't that. a halloween budget but i don't think it was a big budget you yeah. know you know what he did i believe he directed a few michael jackson videos before this really? i want to say it's no like idea. smooth criminal or remember the time so, stuff like that he was a, i think he was a video director and then he got this from from that you know, it, oh, wow. it gave him enough clout to make for him to make his first movie, I believe. Wow. So at the time, so do you guys remember, because, and, and I, you know, I'll ask Dana because of the youth aspect to this. I mean, he was so young. Did you, before this film, did you have any idea about what, what life was like in, in the hoods of LA? Like, like, is this something you were even remotely aware of? Great question. And I think it's a good deep dive. Um, so I might as well have been a white kid in the suburb who learned about this <laughs> because being a, a military brat and mostly going to schools on like military bases overseas, I had no clue. I mean, my, my sisters always recall a funny story before we came back stateside. I was freaked out because I always thought that like, hey, Every single movie shows little kids get stuffed into lockers. And at the time, I was smallish. So <laughs> I, all the things I ever saw on American TV or TV in the States, I related to that. Even though I did visit my cousins time to time when I was at a younger, younger age. Um, but it was the same thing. It's like my only real contact to California, even though I had a cousin who lived nowhere close to, to South Central, was like, Hey, like this is this is my view of LA. LA is this, like you know. Oh my goodness, like LA it must be this and that because you know I love the music, I love NWA, you know I love all the stuff. But clearly during that time, I mean, you're talking about like Tipper Gore days and where it's oh, like, yeah. careful, those tough rough words are going to kill you. You know, <laughs> careful, yeah. da, da, you know, it's it, it's all the things that you laugh so much of just how small the world is now but during the time it's like that was your only reference so every single person in LA was like this 
every single part of LA was hood like this. This was all South Central and, you know, the South Central clearly didn't have grocery stores where normal people went and grabbed groceries. There was only just, you know, drive-bys and, and gang affiliation. And that's kind of, you know, at a young age, but I'm sure not just at a young age, just, just the times. We were so disconnected from each other, even though now we all see that everything that we have is so close. This was just a neighborhood like anybody else's and um, just, you know, different, just different financial circumstances, but a neighborhood is a neighborhood. So, so yeah, no, this was, uh, you know, I, I had no clue and it was a little bit of an introspection for me of just like, oh, is this, is this what, you know, Southern California is, is this what LA is, you know, is everything all about gang culture if you go to California, you know. And then you go to a place like San Diego and eat fish tacos and you're just like, yeah, there you go, gangbangers here. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's true what you said. I mean, of course, this is pre-internet, you know, and the, and the world did seem to be a much bigger place. And we relied on, like, you know, our, our network news and uh, music to let us know what other lifestyles were going mm-hmm. on out there. Um, for myself, I was a very young adult at the time, early nineties. I was just hitting adulthood and all I knew about South Central, about Compton, but was the only thing I knew was I had never even heard of Compton before NWA. You know what I'm saying? I didn't even know a place called Compton existed. And I think that was the same for a lot of people in America, much less the world. Um, and, and my only exposure before this movie to what was happening in LA was what I heard on the news. Um, and it was all messed up shit. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It was um, it was very similar to a lot of, of what I saw growing up in New York. And this movie, from what the little bit that I remember of it, is a direct result of what happened in the 80s, which was um the the drug crack which is old news now, but back then it was still a new thing. And it was basically an epidemic. It, be, it it became an epidemic. It became like the biggest thing going. And it was a very easy way for uh, inner city youths to make money. And as a result, that's where all these turf wars, so to speak, started happening, where people were <clears throat> excuse me, where young men were literally killing each other off and in drive-bys. That's when I had never even heard the term drive-by shooting before. <laughs> before wow. you, you, know, you live in New York. Yeah, and I live in New drives. York. You know, so, it, so I mean, like, but but I saw it to an extent firsthand here where um, drugs were very territorial, right? If If there was a group of drug dealers, they usually had a territory or block or a certain radius of property where they would do business. And, you know, other people were basically not allowed. And and during the whole crack era, it was to the extreme. There was so much money to be made that it became like life and death, you know, to, to be able to sell whatever you wanted on any given corner. In relation to this movie, to me, it was like, I didn't know this was happening anywhere else. You know, my world at the time was New York City and whatever was happening in it. And so when I started listening to this music, this music from from groups like NWA, from Ice Cube, from Snoop Dogg, um, you know, it was like, holy shit, like that's very much sounds like 
where I'm at right now. <laughs> like, you know, uh, I grew up in neighborhoods like Washington Heights in New York and in Harlem. And in the 90s, especially in the early 90s, I had just moved to Harlem. And it was, they were, Harlem was in the thick of that whole crack thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, this movie, man, opened up eyes, I think, to a, to a lot of what was happening in these inner city neighborhoods and uh, what the what these young men were going through or a lot of times put themselves through. Because, yeah. you know, I mean, for a lot of people, it is choice. Maybe some people don't have the choices. But anyway, but uh, yeah, that's that's leading into the premise of this movie. What what do we remember as far as the plot, the actors? Um, all I remember is Ice Cube. Uh, <laughs> that's all I remember uh, that Ice Cube was in this movie, and he was a big deal back then, man. Yeah, so, but... this is I'm pretty sure it's his first movie. Um, yeah. you know, I, I for some reason in my mind, I always will mix this movie up with Friday, like mm -hmm. actor wise, like I yeah, because Ice Cube, yeah. I guess, and it's kind of the same yeah. area. But um, I remember Cuba Gooding Jr. I think he this is one of his first movies too. Uh, Lawrence Young Fishburne, Wood. I believe, played his father. Yes, Lawrence um, Fishburne. Uh, yes. What's his Morris Chestnut? Oh, yeah, yeah, Morris yeah. Chestnut. Right, he was uh, the, uh, Ice Cube's brother. That he was like a star athlete. I think uh, Nia Long is Nia Long in this too, or is she in? Uh, <laughs> That's why. Yes, she was in yeah. both Friday and yeah, this, yeah. So yes. Good and call. Then also, uh, Regina King, I think, is one of her first movies too. Yes, yeah, yeah. Re really young. Was Regina she in King. this? Oh. I believe she. You know, she was. She was. She plays one of the uh, the friends. Like it's actually uh, she, she's one of the ones where it's like bitches gotta eat too and she's like you ain't calling me no bitch so, uh -huh. so, yeah yeah like she's like I fighting with doughboy with uh ice cube yeah. uh, like they're always like kind of at each other's uh yeah uh, it's like, yeah you know what adds a crazy element to this conversation so we're talking about these actors regina king being one of them ice cube is another look at the type of material that they do now they're still oh, in yeah. the acting game it's such a different vibe you know they they've progressed so much well, you know, yeah, well, he's changed into like, you know, doing like dad roles. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. She's I turned into like a serious then. dramatic actress, you know. Yeah. I mean, she did the scary movies and shit like that, too, you know. <laughs> like for her, she has gone through some phases. I mean, now she is like extremely respected actress now. Yes. And uh, yeah, she went through phases where she did this and scary movie and, and things like that. And it's uh, yeah, it's amazing how far she's come. I never would have thought in a million years back then, if you would have told me Ice Cube will be doing family movies, <laughs> I would have meant you're crazy. You're insane. Why would he yeah. do that? And lo and behold, and you're right. I mean, Lawrence Fishburne has always been kind of a varied actor. He's had different yeah. roles even before this, you know, so he was already by then. He was pretty much a, a, a respected actor, I think. Well, um, yeah, I mean, he'd been wrong. around. I mean, he'd yeah. been acting since the 70s. But I think this is one of his more... You know, I think he was always kind of a side character. I don't think he had a, this is like a leading role. You know, he's playing the, the, the father who's trying to keep his son out of trouble in this movie. And I think, I, I want to say he was nominated for best uh, supporting actor for this role. I, I, I'll be curious to look at the information, but I think he was nominated for this film. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, and then I think he started getting more leading roles after this. I think this kind of put him more in the, in the realm of being a, uh, uh, a leading man or like you know near the top of billing yeah to me the biggest question question mark of all though has to be cuba gooding jr <laughs> like like before we started this episode uh -huh. you know believe it or not 
I do care about what I remember or don't. But of <laughs> course, we don't do any research be before doing yeah. the first half of any given episode. So I didn't want to cheat. But I was like, for some reason, I'm remembering Cuba Gooding Jr. But he could, there's no way he could have been in this movie. I cannot oh, yeah. imagine I, him. I believe he's got that, that kid and play kind of like a uh, flat top in this movie, doesn't he? <laughs> not not as high. Not not as high yes. as kid and play. But he has I, the I box. Yes, yeah, he, has yeah. a, he has the box. Yeah, he has that box cut. Uh, wow. No, it's it's uh, <laughs> damn it, June. Why did you have to do that? Because <laughs> I'm like, you know, we're like, oh, uh, Ice Cube is, uh, you know, he's a dad role. Uh, I mean, me and Scott watch so much basketball. He's the owner of the Big Three, and mm -hmm. you know, he's kind of made that respectable. So he's a bit of an icon. Nia Long had like a little bit of her run. Regina King is, you know, this and they're just like, oh, by the way, uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. He kind of. He, he, won, he won best actor or best supporting actor for Jerry Maguire. I mean, he he was the this biggest star out of this movie at, at a certain point. But then he did that movie, a movie called Radio, and I want to say that probably ruined his career. You guys <laughs> I remember that's Radio? I don't. I, 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 what I is Radio? Oh, oh it is. Yeah. It is probably. Have you seen that movie, uh, Tropic Thunder? A hundred percent. Where yeah, it's just like, hey, on. like yes. you, you can't go full retard. Oh, that's no. literally what they, what I think about. Like, hey, you can't go full retard. That's what Cuba Goody Jr. did. He, he did an I am Sam. Yeah, uh, but worse, <laughs> over the top. It's you, really bad. It's, you gotta I mean, watch it. I I, I like, feel I you smell understand the, uh, the role he's playing. <laughs> but yeah, oh no, you smell the podcast. You smell a lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 mean, I want to say that was it. After that movie, I don't, you know, I know he did other movies, but man, I, I think he, uh, I think he sunk his career. He, he did so many good things. Um, like there's yeah. a movie with uh, Robert De Niro where, uh, you know, he was, uh, he was trying to be like the first black naval diver. Oh, I remember really, really that good. one. Yeah, yeah I, I can't think of the name of it. Uh, I want to keep saying a few good men, but I know it's not a few. Yeah, good I know men. What you're talking about. I saw oh. that one in the theater, and I don't remember the name yeah. of it either. So, so no, Cookie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, 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 Cookie. I, I have to. So, because there was a point where, because he was <laughs> on his way, he he was star. He was celebrity yeah. status man, mm -hmm. and he had kind of a streak where he was like golden. You know, and then all of a sudden it just stopped. Well, and I'm guessing he uh he also had some kind of sexual assault thing some about real life shit. Oh, yeah, so yeah, really, but that that was after his career was already kind of kind of already washed up. But like I would say within the last like I don't know, six, seven years ago it happened. Yeah. yeah before or after American Gangster. Because I want to say that maybe it was a little bit before yeah, maybe the next kind of semi-respectable role he got was American Gangster. And I was like, oh wow, they're letting him back on TV. And, <laughs> and then he does oh I think he does they did the OJ Simpson trials. Oh, oh yeah, I remember he that. that. So yeah. so like he finally got some more work, but yeah, he had that giant stigma of like by the way don't let him around women yeah so, yeah, yeah yeah yikes it was, it was he was on a bad. winning streak man he, i remember he, he was, was a big deal top of the world when he won the academy award for the for jerry Maguire. i remember his acceptance speech it was it was a big deal how enthusiastic he was yes. and you know it was a great speech and yeah yeah yeah, yeah, America loved themselves some Cuba Gooding Jr. at the time. Wow. I remember. And he was. He was great in like things like Jerry Maguire. He was really good. So, I mean, but, well, 
I won't hold radio against it. <laughs> oh, yeah, you should. You should watch oh, it. Please don't watch radio. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys mentioned other names. Nia Long. What the hell happened with Nia Long? I haven't seen her in a while. I think she kind of, yeah. you know, I think Ice Cube pulls a lot of his his friends and stuff into things. Because I remember she, she was in some of his, like, uh, Are We There Yet? Those kind of family movies. Yes. But I think Dana and I know exactly what happened to her in in, in real life oh uh, not too long ago. Yeah, I, I, I knew Dana was going to start laughing about this. Um, so, so, June, since you're not a, a basketball watcher, her husband was a coach of the Boston Celtics. Okay. And yeah, everyone was like, oh, my God, you know, this guy married Nia Long. Like, man, he, he's great. Well, he was cheating on her with uh, – with somebody else in the Celtics organization, like uh, one like an accountant's wife or so, someone like that, something stupid like that, and he got he got caught and got suspended for a year from basketball because because he got caught cheating on Nia Long with some. What some, is, it, Nia wife. Long was a gorgeous woman. Still is. Fine, she still, still is. is. Yep. Still is. Yeah. 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 And now he's got to coach so, the Houston Rockets because of it. <laughs> yeah. Now he gets to coach a bunch of shit players. Because yeah, he was so June, so he was literally in the finals. People mm. were making a big deal about it and really thought that he was on his way. And then the year after he coaches the finals, that summer, it's like, oh yeah, you done fucked up. You you fucked the wrong vice president's wife or whoever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> And he could have gone outside of the organization, yeah. and, or what the hell, or just stick with Nia Long, you know. But uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not a bad option. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Oh no, no, no! It's like she's still in some things, but I, I think she's one of those people who uh, it, it's like she almost stays in that same lane. Um, uh, another black actress I think about is like Vivica. Vivica A. Fox, she kind of just stays oh, kind of yes. in those she, Yeah, she plays films. the wife of, of yeah. uh, some famous person who's who's an actor. She plays just the, like the nice wife on the side, and she doesn't have meaty roles anymore, is pretty much oh, what yeah. it is. Oh, oh wow. yeah, she was in, uh, you, was it, is it You People? The one oh, with uh, Jonah Hill in London. Yeah, yeah, oh, plays, was she uh, Eddie Murphy's wife in that? Oh, yeah. yeah she, right. like, oh, my said, God, you're like, right. Oh, you're absolutely yeah. right. That was the last time I saw her, actually. Yeah, yeah. So she she's that actually probably is one of the larger roles she's had. But yeah, she was in some other kind of like thriller movie. It had Omar Epps in it, which ah. it, you keep you keep like tying <laughs> a lot of these people together because oh, for sure. I think John Singleton and I think of Omar Epps as well. But Higher Learning, I thought was the first movie because I, I thought it was because of a young Omar Epps. But yeah. I think you guys are right. I think Boys in the Hood was first. Yeah, Higher I'm Learning sure. kind of came a little bit later. Yeah, uh, I think a few years later. I, I'm almost positive I saw Higher Learning in the theater. I remember because I, I really liked Boys in the Hood when I saw it. I saw it on cable, but now I was really uh, looking forward to seeing Higher Learning, and I went and saw that one in the theater. Higher Learning, was that the one with Michelle Pfeiffer? Or? No, that's Dangerous oh, Minds. No, no. Dangerous that's Minds. Dangerous Minds, yeah. Okay. Higher Learning had uh, Michael Rappaport plays a, uh -huh. a crazy white kid yes. who's kind of getting bullied. Yes, <laughs> yeah. okay. uh, I want to say Lawrence Fishburne's in that too. He plays a teacher yeah. in that to Omar. Yeah, they're, they're all in college, right? There are just a bunch of yeah, young exactly, kids in college yeah. and what they're going through. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they, it was just a different perspective of just 
the athlete, the drug dealer, the cool yeah. guy, the loner. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was a it was definitely a, a different type of movie. But uh, yeah, no, a, a lot to say at least about these actors. They they turned into a lot of different things in this movie. They sure um, did. They really did. Yeah. yeah. You well, mentioned John- Michael. I'm sorry. Oh, no, go go, no, go ahead. No, I was going to say, since you, since you brought up Michael mm-hmm. Rappaport, you know, so like he's a mainstay of New York life here. He's like, he's <laughs> like uh, the Empire I State. Love that guy. You're going to, you're going <laughs> to run into him at some point, whether you like it or not. <laughs> and I can freely say I've run into him several times. And what you see That's is awesome. exactly what you get. <laughs> yeah. He is no different off the air than when he is on, but he is very much a gentleman. Very nice to his fans. He 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 gives everyone the time. You can stop him in the street and talk shit with him. But but he is a very cool guy. So big props to Michael Rappaport. He's he's like I said, a mainstay of New York. He is a consummate New Yorker for sure. But anyway, we digress as usual. I was gonna ask about John Singleton. What the hell is he up to? Uh, he passed away, I believe, yeah. like a he year did? ago, yeah. recently. Yeah, yeah within yeah, the last year, I think he passed away. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, young. I, I think in his years. 50s. Yeah, I think he's like Yeah, it was 50s. surprising. Yeah, 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 it was pretty surprising. It wasn't expected. Oh, wow. So what were some of his last projects? Do we know? Because, I mean, after Boys in the Hood was... Four Brothers. I, I think Four Brothers is the last brothers? thing I could think yeah. about. Yeah, I think oh, yeah. so. Or maybe it's the last big movie, but... I remember Poetic Justice. Yeah. I remember that. I remember what else did he do? He did uh he did one of the Fast and Furious, right? I think he did part two. Like he did fast. Yeah, I know he did one of them. I want to say he did two fast two furious. The one without Vin Diesel, I'm pretty sure it's the one he did, which is part two. Oh, interesting. The one without Vin Diesel. The yeah, one yeah. The, without... the one the one with no Vin Diesel. He did that one. That's where he brought in um what's his name? Um Tyrese. Tyrese. Yeah, Tyrese. Yeah, Tyrese. Yeah, Tyrese yeah. Uh, okay. what's up Rome? yeah (laughs) very very random yeah but no i think four brothers the movie with mark Wahlberg, tyrese andre 3000 and who's the fourth brother he's in a lot of stuff garrett headland oh Um, wow man look at you naming the four brothers just like that (laughs) i I, I would only be able to name marky mark that's all i would have got out of me (laughs) there's a lot of people in that movie um that movie had uh Terrence Hadward as one of the, the the cops. Yeah, one of the the wise was uh, I think Andre 3000's wife was uh was uh Taraji Taraji P Henson. Oh really? Oh yes. wow. Yeah. The the bad guy Victor Sweets. Uh, you know what, Scott? You got to. <laughs> I think you're just gonna <laughs> want to watch for for brothers. Instead. The bad guy Victor <laughs> Sweets was uh, uh Chewy Tell. Chewy tell uh, oh uh, so yeah there was a lot of people wow in that movie. man that, that guy is like that big i feel like he oh, he, he is, looks the same sure. now as yes that is it seems like he's always around yeah he's, he's been great. around forever and, and he always killed exactly great the actor great he's a freaking actor. vampire that's the secret yeah. he's a vampire yeah. he's oh. he's been around for centuries probably All he's a great actor he's too, totally so. so okay boys in the hood we should, oh uh, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, there's a movie plot yeah plot wise uh dana <laughs> um, why you what, what, what do you remember i think you remember this movie well i feel like i do and i don't i feel like so i, I know the movie is kind of broken up in two parts i think the second part is the part that i remember really well so hmm. the first part is with the children so when we talk about all these actors we're talking about all the actors and all the characters grown up 
um, it starts with kind of the children aspect of this yeah. as we see them as kids and then they turn to the yes. adults. So I totally I forgot that part. Me too. I mean, now now oh, you're yeah. saying that now I remember it, but it, uh, when in my recollection, I, I totally forgot that. That's uh, the main thing. Cause I, I, it is kind of just that movie where you start with ice cubes, younger self goes to live with his father because the yeah. mom just thinks that a young boy needs his father, which you know, that, that's a huge thing in the black community. You always hear about it. Just got to make sure that these black kids got some black daddies. And, you know, this was kind of one of those things of just the strong black father where you meet Lawrence Fishburne. And then the character's name, I think, was Trey. Trey goes to his father and kind of learns a little bit about manhood while meeting some of his other little buddies. Because I, I think this is where I get fuzzy. We meet Doughboy as a child. We meet Ricky as a child. Mm. I think there was a fourth friend, and I don't remember the fourth yeah, friend. Yeah, I only or... remember those three. I don't remember mm. the, the yeah. fourth one. I think you're right. I think there is someone else that they hang out with, but is the the other three are the really what the movie focused on. Yeah, because you learn about just their interaction with like a game banger just as as they're younger, like you know, because I, I the the scene that I remember very vividly was um Ricky's character is playing with the football. Some gangbangers come around and basically take his football. Yeah. You know, and they're like, oh, we're going we're gonna to play football now, motherfucker, you know? And, and uh, Doughboy tries to get it back yeah. and try to play the big brother role. And they basically just like punch him in the stomach. Like, yeah. what are you doing? You know what I mean? So, so I remember kind of that scene. I think there was a scene where they try to, hey, man, have you ever seen a dead body? Like where basically somebody got murdered. Yeah, um, that's the one thing I was trying to share with Joe AP. Yeah, uh, yeah. Joe is Joe. right. It was from Stand By Me, and I and I'm I do remember yeah. that scene. I'm pretty sure it was an homage to Stand By Me, but yeah, I, I hate exactly. to admit that was the first thing I thought of too. Yeah. Uh, there was a text thread amongst <laughs> the four of us, and earlier today when we mentioned that we were going to be doing this movie, and uh, Dana threw that quote, and automatically it was like, wait, we're doing Stand By Me as well? Like, are we mm -hmm. do, pulling double duty or? But uh, I want the blacks and the whites to be together. <laughs> that, that's what we'll do next week. That that that's the movie I relate to more. Is Stand by Me. So then we'll, we'll do exactly. that next week. Okay, it's a bet. Well, I'm down for that. Yeah, memory wise, I, I think it's just we start with them as kids. Eventually, get adults. We get a, adult Ice Cube. We get adult Cuba Gooding Jr. Adult Ricky, and and those are kind of the things that we remember. We remember Doughboy is now like a gangster he, he's kind of like the in and out of jail type of character ricky is the you know he's now that guy playing football and he's trying to be a star trying to get recruited and then uh cooper Gooding jr is trying to you know he's trying to be the young man that his dad raised him to be so he's kind of mm -hmm. looked as like the responsible goody two shoes you know like he ain't out here in these streets type of shit like yeah so that's kind of the aspect that they kind of lead you into in which they then kind of go through adventures of that as well. Like, you know, Cooper Gooding Jr. is trying to have sex. Like, I mean, with Nia Long, course. right? Nia Long's the one he's, he's yes. interested in, right? I no. think it's his girlfriend. Yeah. yeah. So, so the, you know, trying to have sex with her for some reason, she won't have sex with him. Because he's Cooper Don't Gooding Jr. Why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's like, you're going to be radio someday. That's what, what she's thinking. Lucky girl, Scott. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, the most vivid scene I, I remember is clearly just when Ricky gets shot. Um, yeah. I, I listened to, 
I, I think we all listen to a lot of music. I listen to so much hip hop. Uh, and people, that, that's always the thing they always bring up, like, they'll get shot like Ricky. So, yeah, Ricky kind of gets shot, and then uh, Doughboy gets revenge. Kuba Jr. wants to get revenge, but, uh, you know, he he, he, he kind of rises out. up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's not the writer, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but it kind of just talks about that cycle that we talked about at the beginning of just people are in the hood, but they're not all just uh, – you know, they're, they're not all just a monolith, you know, these are families, these are people with their own stories. And, and that's kind of what the, I remember they say kind of at the end, it, you have uh, Doughboy, Cuba Good, uh, Ice Cube's character who's kind of just like, you know, either they, you know, they don't know, they don't care, you know, that type of stuff, you know, just to kind of bring it full circle of, you know, yeah, there, there's a lot of different characters that are all just one person. And I think that's kind of one of the better messages that John Singleton brought through that film. But um. Don't really remember too much of the. I don't know. I, I think it, I think Dana just re did the entire movie. I, I say we just do four we'll brothers now. We'll just go. I, I, we'll, I, we'll move on to four brothers, and we'll we'll watch that instead. We could go straight to how good was it, man? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how good don't was need it, guys? the second half. <laughs> Fucking fantastic. Mm. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I I think there's a lot of things that uh I do remember, but it's been a while since I watched this movie. I don't remember the soundtrack. I don't remember probably just a lot of just intricate things or a lot of things that I would shit on today of just like, Hey, Ricky, like did Ricky run in a straight line or did the motherfucker yeah. zigzag? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. We, we, like we, have to say, we have to revisit that. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. What kind of star athlete you are, man? You can't get away from these guys. Come on. <laughs> you, yeah. You brought up the soundtrack and that's probably one of the few things I do remember from this film that it had a big soundtrack. Ah um i mean okay. and i remember it had like for what i remember we we <laughs> these artists were huge at the time but but you know where are they now and i remember i mean like i that. assume ice cube's got to be on the soundtrack i, I assume he's got to be on there i don't think he, you know funny enough i don't think he had that big of a presence on the soundtrack he maybe had one wow. or two cuts from what i remember what i do remember are people like two life crew Oh, <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> and uh, and what was that group's name? Tony, 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 oh, Tony, oh, Tony, or Tony, 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 Tony. Yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah, because yeah, I remember this was a big soundtrack at the time for this movie, and it was heavily associated with the movie. But funny enough, most of the people on the soundtrack weren't in the movie. <laughs> so, um, but then you had other people. I for, I forgot what there was. It was a big soundtrack for sure. I think too short. I think does anybody remember too? Okay, so like a yeah, I was wondering if there was just like a lot of like West Coast West Coast legends, like people who are definitely lesser, like MC8 and um, you know guys like that, where they weren't really as big as like the West Coast legends that we know. You know, you know the Dr. Dre's, you know the Ice Cube's, you know the Snoop's. But I think it was probably, I think you're right. It was like the lesser tier of West Coast artists that probably still go off on the West Coast, but you don't really you know nationwide that type of stuff but i yeah i i look probably forward to listening to that and just kind of remembering some of these characters because I, I i remember the main ones but i think that's stuff that everybody who's probably watched remembers but it's those intricacies that i just i i cannot remember to save my life this is where i go full june mode uh, <laughs> like... oh don't do that <laughs> well, you know <laughs> to me like this uh the sound, the movie's titled "Boys Boys in the Hood," which is a NWA song, which yeah. is an Easy E NWA song, right? Isn't the Easy E's? Oh, I'm pretty sure Easy E's the one that 
that rap. And this has got to be when him and Ice Cube were feuding before. I don't know if Easy was dead yet. It was, you know, maybe not long after this, but this has got to be in the time when they were they were feuding. So it's interesting that th that's the title of this movie. Even though I believe, you know, Easy would always say that that Ice Cube, I think, wrote a lot of the 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 raps, the rhymes yeah. in it. So I, I I don't know if he wrote uh, Boys in the Hood, but it, that was an Easy E. I think he did. Sure. I would. Yeah, yeah. I think he did. He was another artist. I, I think he had a. So I think he wanted to rap it, but he already had like kind of like a, a semi-small record deal. And so he wrote the song and then he had uh, um, Dre had uh, Easy e do it. And I mean, and it made sense because Easy e had like the no street cred. Oh, yeah. I mean, of, to uh, me, that's the best the NWA song. That, that's my favorite NWA song. Yeah, I sound so white when I say that. Yeah. You do. My favorite NWA uh, Diddy. <laughs> well, well okay let, let's remember the the time too we're talking very early 90s uh hip-hop and rap in general had escalated during the 80s and became nationwide to worldwide and by the time night the early 90s hit it started changing right by the by the late 80s you started seeing a much harder edge appear in hip-hop i mean before that it was hip-hop was like Parents just don't understand yeah. shit like that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. It was Robots Run DMC. Yeah. yeah. It, it was so cool. Yeah. yeah no. Exactly. Ah, no. Run DMC, King of Rock. L it was more. LL uh, Cool J. Yeah. It wasn't, exactly. it wasn't, it wasn't dangerous. NWA was the first one that put like a, like gangster rap, you know? That oh was yeah. The they changed one. the game. Exactly. It was like, so I think by the early nineties, did we start, Seeing, correct me if I'm wrong, because I know NWA eventually dissolved and people went their yeah. separate, separate ways. But I think in the 90s, they were kind of in their early 90s, I should say, very early 90s. They were in their heyday. And it was I think like 80s the was more their heyday. I, I want to okay. say they, they were definitely, I think, but by the time Ice Cube was in movies, they were already done. They 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 were they, they had already broken up. He was already a solo artist by the time this movie came out. So by the time Boys in the Hood came out, they were already yeah, I'm almost positive. Out or yeah. already dissolving. And... Yeah, and I think soon after is when you start seeing the Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it was before, but I think not long after, that's when that, that all started coming out. I do love Scott as our hip hop. <laughs> yes, like, uh, I never <laughs> thought I'd see it, but there you I'm go. I'm a hip hop ambassador for, for how good was it? Mysteries of the yeah. universe. It's all There's good. always a... The way how you were describing it, June, there's a there's a really funny like uh, Family Guy kind of like cut bit where it's just like, hey, 80s rap guys, be careful. There's 90s rap guys run away. And it's like all the 90s <laughs> rap guys shooting at them. <laughs> wow. it, it, I brought up Tipper Gore earlier. But oh, man. That's what I remember in the 90s. The 90s, I remember that that was, you know, hip hop is so scary. Um Gosh, there was another really big person who was also out front with that type of shit where they were just like, you know, we don't want to listen to hip hop because it's all about drugs and killing and da da da. Yeah. But meanwhile, it's just like any other music. I mean, literally rock and roll is known as like sex, drugs and rock and roll. Yeah. But, yeah, exactly. You know, but, well, if you remember but, but Super Gore, Gore before she yeah. had her eyes, you know, before she had a rap or hip hop on her hit list, she was attacking metal bands and yeah. Music, rock she, music. She just, so. she what a fucking bore. 
<laughs> the fuck are we supposed to listen to, man? Pat Boone? Like, what are we supposed yeah. to listen to? I mean, she's got to loosen up. Her husband invented the internet. I mean, come on. You know, it's <laughs> proclaimed he invented on, the internet. Okay, so so what yeah. else do we do we recall about Boys in the Hood? I think we we covered a lot. We I think we covered it a yeah, lot more than I expected us to cover. I mean, between yeah. Scott and Dana, I never remember anything, and that's part of the course. But you guys, like, I feel like why do a part two? We might uh, be having to do a full. Day. We'll just do like other '90s movies that we remember that around the same. Because <laughs> I, I think you know we'll probably bring it out in part two. But this was around. This is probably the first of its type of genre. I, I was laughing about like, don't be a menace to society while drinking your juice in the hood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But this yeah. was like kind of that first bit of just, you know, juice came out around that time. Yeah. Don't be a oh, menace wow. to society. Jeez. Like, yeah, there's some street shit going on. And then there's always the Wayne brothers to uh, make it seem that <laughs> to much counter that. <laughs> To provide that much needed balance. You mentioned Juice, you know, it, yeah, this this movie kind of started. Yeah, I think so. Thing. You guys mentioned some other movies, Dangerous Minds and whatever. And this was the one that kind of started that mini genre, so to speak, of uh, these <laughs> yeah. boys in the hood type things. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah, but I, I guess, man, we pretty much covered it. You guys remembered a lot more than I thought we would. And I'm grateful for that. But uh, now it's time to watch this movie, man, because uh -huh. I don't think we could really add anything else to it. We'll save it for the second half of this podcast, unless there's anything else you guys want to cover as far as Boys in the Hood. No, I think I'm ready to watch it. It's been a long time. I definitely haven't seen it since the 90s. Yeah. Well, this is also a heavy movie. I don't, I don't normally rewatch movies that are sad. This is a sad movie. And, it is. Uh, yeah, this is not like a... Like I've rewatched Friday many times. That's why I think I'm confusing with Friday. You know, same thing. A lot of the same actors, but like Friday, I can rewatch all the time. And this one is, yeah, it's not gonna be a fun movie. Fun, fun movie to watch. No, Scott, I'm sorry to say, Debo is not. We will not see Debo. Debo makes movie. all movies better. Yes. Well, I guess that about wraps up the first half of our Boys in the Hood episode. Please stay tuned for the second half to find our thoughts and what else we rediscover about this movie. As always, thank you so much for your support. Please follow, like, and subscribe. Say bye, guys. Bye, guys. Sit tight. We'll be right back with How Good Was It? Do you have memories about this week's film that you'd like to share with us? Hit us up at how good was it pod for x formerly known as twitter at hgwi pod make sure to check out our youtube channel where you'll find video promos for each and every episode welcome back to how good was it and for the second half to our boys in the hood episode what is up scott Hey, welcome back, Jim. And hello to you, Dana. Welcome back, man. Hello, cuz. Fuck the mark ass buttons. <laughs> As you can hear, listeners, Dana Ooh. is in full hoodie mode this evening. Yeah. Um, we have watched this movie. I literally just finished watching it like less than a half hour ago. And uh, wow, 
boys in the hood Let, let's go on this one because there's a lot to digest with this yeah one. it's your um, normal light-hearted comedy I, i'm sure you enjoyed it well, well i gotta say coming out of our fright month where we did five weeks straight <laughs> scarier horror, than everything <laughs> and yes and of course the assumption would be that we would Pick, we would probably pick something a little more light, right? A lighter fare, maybe a comedy, maybe even, you know, maybe even a rom-com or something. No, we went straight to the hood, man. We went from one type of horror to another. <laughs> well, some some of Cuba Gooding Jr.'s uh, acting could be considered comedy. So I <laughs> yeah, I, I did get a, a lot of amusement out of, out of radio. Actually, a lot of this movie could be considered comedy, I'll be mm. honest with you. Oh, um, my God. Goodness. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's starting already, Dana. Your childhood is going to get ruined today. Oh, it's not only his, man. It's not only his. Let's go, man. Let's go full force on Boys in the Hood. Um, do we want to get into the plot or do yeah, we want to just... why um... not? Okay, Dana, man. why don't you start us off? Hey, look. Let me tell you what happens. <laughs> okay, okay. So before Dana starts, I must clue the listeners in. Because wearing costumes has become a regular thing on how good was it, apparently. So Dana has joined the club. He is officially in because he went all hood. He's got his tank top on, showing off the tattoos. He's got his sunglasses at night like Corey Hart. Um, But yeah, let's go, Dana. Get into the plot, bro. (laughs) I love how I look like this, and then I just go right back to my nerdy voice. (laughs) Um. With that intro, it, it, it really brings this movie into a, a weird funk of just all the different things that happen uh, in a childhood that you uh, you don't imagine. And then you kind of, you know, go into more to adulthood. But um, as we start our beautiful story of Boys in the Hood, we start off with a young main character of Trey as young Trey is heading to school. Uh, young Trey's heading to school with another little boy and some two little girls. And as they're heading to school, like you are already put in this area of California where they are at. Um, You hear the helicopters, uh, you know, you see yellow crime tape. Like you're like, oh shit, we're in not exactly the best neighborhood of California (laughs) as these kids are heading to school. But uh, the first thing that, you know, that I I definitely remember and it kind of just, makes me laugh is uh as we're heading to school you kind of remember your schoolyard banter of just like uh oh, you know this is what's going on or whatever but it, it kind of puts you into just how kids really talk um you know when your parents are around you're gonna say every single curse word you're gonna try to get to that curiosity and uh you know we meet young Trey and he's already kind of talking about just like you know they're they're walking and they're just like yeah man uh, I heard somebody got smoked the other day and, you know, his little buddy is like, man, I don't, whatever, you know, my brothers both got shot. It ain't no big deal. The little girl right behind him is just like, I heard that, you know, you need to be careful what you say because bullets ain't have no name. So, I mean, like, we're already starting with just like, this is the type of world that John Singleton built for us as we're just heading to school. Y'all want to see a dead body? Trey's daddy blasted at somebody last night. Really? What kind of gun your daddy got? I think it's a 357 Magnum. Really? I got a deuce deuce. My brother gave it to me before he went in the county jail. Got it under my bed. You wanna see? It's loaded too. Trey, who's the main character kind of leading the way, 
and his his little buddy he's like hey do you want to see something um this whole thing of wanting to see something was taking this little group and they're going towards uh some yellow crime tape and as they go through some yellow crime tape they see some blood um they, they obviously see a sign of what was a murder now, you know, now you before know. you go any further i have to make this observation and i'm sure when this scene came on for you guys as well of course it was obviously trying to do a Oh. A stand by me. They're, yes. they're, they're literally walking Direct on honor. train tracks while yeah. they say this. Well, oh, you yeah. want to see? You want to see something? And I was like, "Wow, John Singleton." Like, no, he he did say that it was an obvious beginning and the okay. end of the film too. He says the end of the film is also, you know, where they talk about what happens to the characters is very similar to the the end of Stand by Me as well. Oh yes, at the end yeah. they you see notes yeah. as to what yeah. happened to the characters after yeah. the movie. But okay, yeah, yeah. So, okay. so Scott brought that up in part one of just, uh, you know, hey, like there was a part of Stand By Me or just like, you know, this it, when we talk about like the scene of just noticing a dead body, which isn't even this scene yet. Yeah. Um, John Singleton, I saw an interview where he was just basically talking about how he actually was clearly influenced by Stand By Me. But, you know, it just didn't speak enough. It just didn't resonate enough for him. So I love the idea of like he's like, yeah. I like Stand By Me, but can we add more ghetto and can we add <laughs> more gangster violence? Yes. <laughs> then it's like, ah, oh, perfect. This is exactly what my childhood was. <laughs> I Stand By Me now makes more sense, right? And yeah. and, and that's, uh, I agree. <laughs> the scene I thought you were going to point to, which was, they had so many of these things. So uh, one of my favorite movies I told you was like the parody of this. And uh, and that's all I kept hearing was like, don't be a menace in the hood while <laughs> yeah. drinking your juice in the hood. But like everything was just like every time they had something that was a message, they always made fun of it in the parody of like message, message. message. Yeah. Uh. And so the very first message that happens during that scene, as he's taking him to go see like this, you know, where this guy got smoked. You guys saw how they had the posters of Reagan. Yes, Reagan. And like, yes, and the little kid is flicking off Reagan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I mean, to me, it was just funny because it was just John Singleton's moment of just like, yeah, remember this whole like, say no to drugs and da da da. Mm -hmm. Fuck that. Which yeah. it's a very easy, popular thing to say now, but I, I do find it kind of funny at during his time while he knew what was going on. He was like, oh yeah, no, this. That Reagan yeah. shit, but he was saying all that. Yeah, that was all bullshit. You know, and what, so. what made it even more hilarious was it was like bullet written. <laughs> like like it was full of bullet holes, the poster. And I that, I got a nice little chuckle out of that, actually. The, the detail. Yeah, no, yes. I, I, that did make me laugh. But I was like, oh, I, I really didn't remember that. But yeah, so we're continuing to school. Um, you know, Trey makes it to school. Trey, uh, you know, we're in class and you're, you're listening to this monotone, boring-ass teacher and you immediately know that Trey is one of those kids you hear about all the time. Trey is smart, um, but he's so smart within this house and where he's at in the school that he's a troublemaker. But that's clearly what you always hear about these type of kids. And the first thing is brought up is, <laughs> as we know, in 2023, not only just Christopher Columbus Day, but Indigenous People Day. <laughs> um, they talk about just like how Christopher Columbus came by and he discovered America. And, and so Trey off the back is kind of making fun of it and already just laughing about the premise. Um, you know, his teacher calls him out and is like, yeah, you know, if you're so smart, why don't you come up here and teach? 
Um, so he goes up to the front and uh, she, she goes, oh, what's your dissertation going to be about? What's your lecture going to be about? And he's like, oh, what? And of course, like as a badass, you know, she's like, uh, what are you going to talk about? And he goes, well, you know, if you let me talk, dang. <laughs> but <laughs> Oh, my God. He was such a wiseacre, man. What uh, a bastard. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but he, he talks about Africa and he talks about something that that's widely I wouldn't even necessarily say known, but widely believe about how all you know, we know that the original man was found in Africa. But, uh, you know, basically just saying how everybody has some form has come from Africa. Um, you know, he was trying to really just put that in there of like, hey, this is a real thing. That means everybody in here, no matter what, you know, you've come from Africa. His little buddy is like, uh, yeah, that's cool. Fuck you. I'm I'm Crenshaw Mafia. <laughs> I'm not from <laughs> Africa. <laughs> he, he said the old perfect line that, uh, you know. I'm from Africa. I'm from Crenshaw Mafia. <laughs> like a lie, you from Africa. I'm from Africa. You from Africa, you African booty scratcher. <laughs> that, that's definitely my childhood. You know, we definitely said African booty scratcher a lot. Um, and basically he fights with his kid, he's troubled, gets sent home from school, um, where we meet a character who I totally fucking forgot in part one. How can we, we forget Angela Bassett? I've totally oh, Petersburg's own Angela Bassett. She's from St. Pete. She's really? from my hometown, and I, I forgot smoke. all about her. How dare you? Wow. You're a terrible person, Scott. I know. <laughs> I know. And That's then you know, she's in this with Lawrence Fishburne, and what, a few years later, they do the Tina Turner, what, yes. what's love got to do with it yes. uh, uh, together. So, yeah, they play Ike Great. and Tina a few years later. So many of just parallels, so many connections throughout the cast, throughout the, the different parts of history but it is funny that we were like oh this person's an icon this person's an icon and we like totally forgot the one icon mm -hmm. i mean she clearly has a smaller role but it was like oh shit we totally forgot about her yeah. <laughs> um yeah. but angela bassett plays uh you know plays the mother who gets news about her son and uh is absolutely just you know hey we we made this agreement um that if you were to make a mistake and you're to live with your father and you know you have made this mistake and you're going to live back but what they try to at least portray even with angela bassett of like hey she's a strong black woman and hey you know black people are not a monolith you know she was taking exception to how the teacher was trying to describe trey of mm -hmm. just like oh but you know maybe needs better better home parenting or whatever and you know oh if you're out of the house all the time you know basically putting out those cues where she's just mm -hmm. like you know hey lady you know like i'm educated like chill we can talk about my son and then even throws the whole thing of like well i'll have to bring it up with his father in which the lady was surprised and of course she had to throw that back in her face of like Oh, or did you think we made them ourselves? So, <laughs> you know, it was really like you knew what time it was with Angela Bassett's character of just oh, yeah. portraying an independent, strong black woman, but at the same time, kind of going through the same hardships of a young boy who clearly needs his father in his life. And, and that's another big giant message that that singleton was pointing through of just like and 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 what a father because i mean jesus christ this is the most heavy-handed father man <laughs> I, I would have hated to have Lawrence fishbird in that character role as a father He's lazy I, I ass ain't doing nothing man make the kid do all the work around the holy house. smoke and hey, scrub that dirty that, ass tub kid yeah <laughs> and on top of that everything was a lesson everything yeah, they, uh, like this this man no was fun. no 
fun. Yes, yeah. thank you. No fun whatsoever. Well, I mean, like, with a name like Furious Style. Here you go, Scott. This Furious is the guy. Furious Style. style. Come on. Yes. <laughs> Furious. That was the only thing. It's just like he has that dark mode and demeanor of I mean business and I'm serious. But it's like, motherfucker, your name is like an MC, <laughs> like MC to my left. Motherfucking Furious Styles representing Bronx, New York. Like so. Actually, it's funny because uh, the part that you remembered was is basically coming up next because you're right. He has, uh, you know, now that Trey is in there, you know, Furious, his father, Lawrence Fishburne's character, is laying down the law, letting him know what he can do, what he can't do. But the very first thing he has him do is go ahead and rake the leaves, which is, is so funny how uh, how you remembered that part. Of yeah. Just like, Get you know, hey, you guys want to do my... <laughs> yeah, do this part of my yard and you know it's like oh hell no we want to do this well it's like oh, well lucky me i got a son who could do this mm. and then uh as the two friends doughboy and chris who i now remember doughboy he's like man you kicked a kente so <laughs> yeah i got a question for you dan so the two young kids chris when they're grown up is he the kid in the wheelchair or is he yes. the other kid He's the one in the wheelchair. So he's the wheelchair. Okay. About that yeah, myself. I wasn't sure what his name yeah. was because they, they call him something else later when he's an adult. They don't call him wheelchair. So wait a minute. Something, right? They call him something. Uh, yeah. We're, we're talking about the little kid with the big ass Jerry curl? Yes. Yeah. So he the little kid being, with the, little, he the kid being... who's the paraplegic. Yeah. Oh, okay. God. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that that's who that ends up being. And, and I guess probably why I didn't really remember. <laughs> too much because I was like, ah, you just don't yeah, look that's... at people with disability as people, Dana. Is that why? <laughs> I mean, with these sunglasses on, you know, for sure, you know, you just got to block out the hate in your life as well as block out the disabled. So, makes sense to me. <laughs> I was gonna say, um, because I know you're about to get back in the plot, they actually spent a longer time uh showing them as kids than I remembered. Yeah, um, like, I, I remembered sure. it being like two, maybe three scenes, but it was mm -hmm. a good. Like the first portion of the movie, a good half hour at least was like, and that's probably a mistake because they were not good actors. These kids oh, really they were, were not. Horrible. Yeah, they they really weren't that great of they actors. Did, the, the 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 fat kid who who Dillboy portrays one, yeah. Dillboy, he was the worst of every line he spat <laughs> out. Man, was like there was no effort on his part to even give any kind of character into it. I thought he he acted like Ice Cube. I think of all of them, he he kind of. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of acted like Ice Cube. Oh, he had he he kind of had that, that like uh, no. I honestly, if well to save some of the ending, I think Ice Cube was the best actor in this movie <laughs> <laughs> of of the main. I'm not talking Angela Bassett, yes, and besides and all that. Besides the I, real, yeah, actors. of all the the younger the ones, I think he was the best. That's good. Yes, yeah. that's fair. I was about to say, I was like, I was like there's no way, dude. Like, that's the, I was like, Lawrence Fishburne <laughs> actually did really good in this. Oh, he was surprised. great as he oh, always is. Yeah. Lawrence yeah. and yeah, Angela he, Bassett he as well. They were. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess I just didn't remember it the same way. You know, I, it, it is kind of funny, yeah. um, just what kind of, but yeah. Yeah, you're right. The kid scene went it, it went for a good bit of this, like before yeah. we even get to the yeah. other part of the plot. Yeah, they still haven't Again. found the dead body yet, right? They still have to. Yeah, they still got to go to the dead body. Well, yeah, let's go yeah, right I mean, to the dead body. I mean, they yeah, go, they yeah. go, yeah, yeah. They go, the four and buddies. They, yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. They the four buddies after they do the stand by me scene, and uh, that yeah. leads them to this like lot or like a yep. lot where there's obviously there's gangbangers hanging out right by there and uh one of them the the wannabe football star right is yeah. brought his football which his brother clearly told him yeah. don't bring your damn football 
and he yeah. defied his brother and look what happens. Um, they go and see this dead body. Now, you know, I I, <laughs> I have to refer to my own childhood, right? When in watching this movie, there's a lot of similarities, right? But, you know, it, this movie went out of it, it its way. And this, this, this showed John Singleton's, he was an amateur filmmaker at the time, yeah. right? For, yeah, if I'm not, and, and it shows in scenes like this because the, these scenes were like so heavy-handed, you Very know, like like everything was extra. It's yes. like like why yes. would a bunch of gangbangers be hanging out ten yards away from a decaying body? That that that, that just I'm yeah. sorry, no one would do that. The smell you know what alone, also too uh-huh. the the score for this movie sucked. Oh, it my was like God. it was like an after-school special score. It was. I, I cannot believe obscene. that this is that's a score. It, it is was really obscene. bad. And so mismatched with yes. not only the movie and the theme of the movie itself, but mm-hmm. with the rest of the soundtrack that was done by, you yeah. know, that had Absolutely. all because it this this that movie literally had, some, had music people. Yeah. Yeah. It, there was some classic yeah. hip hop in this movie. Mm-hmm. And it'd go from a scene where they're they're playing this classic hip hop in the background. And then from there, it'll go to a, another scene where it's playing this horrible score yeah. that I don't know who scored this movie. Like some but... sappy, like violin. It's like, you know, it like a melodrama so like score. It's like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is on this movie. It felt so out of place. It really did. It was actually distracting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was <laughs> so, for sure. But uh, yeah, so, it, it, was, so, it was mismatched. Yeah, it yeah was. I agree. It was just mismatched. It, it felt to me it, like like he just used... Uh, the, the whatever was left over from another movie <laughs> that's what it was stock like. sound <laughs> yeah like he's just like let me dig because i need something for the scene but um yeah so they visit this dead body and uh these gang bastards are gang bastards gang- <laughs> that's a good yeah. that's a good boy <laughs> gang- makes don't, sense to me gang- i didn't say that shit though uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't you me <laughs> <laughs> these gang bangers i guess that's what i was trying to say um approach the kids and take their ball and poor Doughboy, he gets kicked in. He literally gets kicked in the stomach, man. Yeah, but he stands um, up for his brother, you know, even he though he told his he brother did. he's stupid and can't mm-hmm. believe you did that. And you told him before, you know, if they steal your ball, I ain't getting it back for you. But he still does it anyways. He's he's still going to try to stick up for his brother and get the ball back. So so he I'm technically a... kicked the dude. So oh, that's well, probably yeah. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did attack the dude before. So he kind of deserved it in a way, I guess. But um. Did you guys notice? So, so th- this is my multiverse theory, mm-hmm. where all these movies converge. <laughs> um, nice. So we got our preview that was a young Debo from Friday ah. who, re- who returned the ball to him. That's my theory, because he was like the biggest guy in that little group. Yeah, and and you know, quiet. Well, then again, maybe not. Yeah, and a good. So wait a minute. Now I'm going to ask a question about the movie. Are we led to believe that one of the gangbangers that shoots Ricky in the end is that same guy? That's, that's what question. I thought when I saw the movie was like, this is years later, but that's one of those guys is actually the gangbanger that shoots Ricky. It would make sense in that they they it seemed to me like they purposefully focused yeah. on that. I thought kid. he was one of those three guys, you know, but yeah. I, I wasn't positive. Dana, do you know? So I, I think so, because you remember they, they make it. So even though we don't hear his name, we hear his name later on when he's older. But mm-hmm. they make a point of just like, you know, this motherfucker's 27 
and they're mm-hmm. obviously supposed to be 17. Yeah. Yeah. That's another be. problem with this movie is the age, which, you know, yeah. I, most of them were around 20. Like Ice Cube, I think, was 21. Yeah. Neil Long was like 20. Kuba Gooding was like 28 or 27 when he made this movie. He was only yeah. seven years younger than Lawrence Fishburne <laughs> when he made this movie. Nia Young, I mean, Nia, 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 Nia Long, she, she's 19, actually. 19, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah so they, they were like age appropriate. But yeah, but Cooper Gooding Jr., all perfect, all over her in this movie. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, I almost feel like we need to speed up to that because that's actually the funny <laughs> <laughs> But I guess we'll, we'll just, we'll get to the point where, okay. Yeah, well, he's he, not a young looking 27 or 28, whatever it is. He looked, no. he looked like he was in his 30s. Yeah. For sure, yeah. for sure. It, it, it's <laughs> he looked. Like, he looked like he should have been the one working in uh uh Lawrence Fishburne's office. <laughs> that that was supposed to be yeah. his office. Yeah. Like, like well, Lawrence he could have played the Lawrence Fishburne character. He could have yeah. actually played Fury Furious. in the movie. <laughs> they could have got a younger kid to play uh to, to play him. He probably tried oh, out man. for the role and just was like, yeah, just go ahead and just be Trey. <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah, let, let's get oh. back into the plot because we got a lot of scenes that we want to oh, talk yeah. about. Oh, you're so right. So Doughboy gets his football, you know, well, he doesn't get the football back. First, he gets his little ass kind of just punched or kicked. <laughs> but uh, eventually, um, Ricky does get his ball back because one of the gangsters, like you're saying, he is just like, hey, little man. You know, here have your ball back, right? So, mm-hmm. so we kind of just get some of the development of just who these characters are. One kid likes football. One kid's a little bit standing up for his buddies, and one kid's supposed to kind of be the smart guy. And Chris is just fucking around with his weird fucking Jerry Cole. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, as we walk back, we we do see another character. We we finally meet Brandy, who adult Brandy is going to be Nia Long, but. She yeah. moves into the neighborhood around that time. You know, Trey instantly is smitten with her. And, uh, you know, we kind of go through that scene. Um, but as we go through that scene and some more lessons from uh, from Lawrence Fishburne, we kind of see how people, uh, how their home lives are, right? I guess before I go back to Lawrence Fishburne and then a little bit how he was trying to talk about his own life, the mom of Doughboy and oh, man. You know, we're introduced to her and, you know, she, you, you can tell how she just takes two completely different approaches to yeah. her two separate sons. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, it's just notice right off the back, like one son, you know, she sits, hey, what's your good fat ass good for? You always just eat shit, you know, blah, blah, blah. You ain't nothing. And then the other son, it's like, oh, hey, baby. Oh, you know, you're going to be a stuff, you know. So yeah. it's kind of just that weird dynamic of like, you know, you couldn't find messaging of how do you raise your 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 sons, your young men. And the flip back to Lawrence Fishburne, that's where he was pointing to of just like, you know, hey, look what she's doing. Look at your buddies who are out in the air. Look how they're gonna turn out. You ain't shit. You're just like your dad. You don't do shit and you never gonna amount to shit. All you ever do around here is eat, sleep, and shit. Look at this place. Way y'all act, y'all must think I'm the maid. Is that it? I gotta go. Hell no, it ain't it. It ain't it till I say it's it, damn it. Well, they, I think they were getting arrested at that point, right? Isn't that the scene where him um, and, and the little friend were getting pulled, taken out by the cops, right? Not yet, because that oh, was still at the beginning. Because right before that, we have the scene where somebody breaks into the house. Oh, so, oh yes. I forgot about yes. that scene. Yeah. 
Lawrence Fishburne, Mr. Uh, so Furious is all Mr. Like, you know, we, we we're killing each other. You got it. You got to We got to be better. This and that. And he hears a noise and grab he is, his young son is in the house peeing in the bathroom, grabs his 44 Magnum and starts shooting wildly across through the house. He didn't even look. Did he it, went he right around not. the corner and fired two shots. just like that. He Good was job, furious. He was Charlie <laughs> Bronson in Death Wish. And that scene straight up just just he, whatever moves is i'm killing it i think he is rivaling stallone for for bad dad <laughs> you know he's he's right up there with the over the top dad at this point i think he eventually goes surpasses uh over the top stallone but yeah yeah for at the beginning of this movie he is he's right there with stallone hey give him a truck and right there, <laughs> you know Oh, dare you guys? Uh, <laughs> Nobody will ever be a worse father than Sylvester Stallone. No, no, he yeah he does. He redeems himself. He becomes better than Stallone. But but yeah, yeah for a little while it was it was Dyson. Yeah, <laughs> especially that scene. He literally blew holes through his front door, and and was so nonchalant and casual about it. And this is just someone breaking in. It's not like he saw someone with a gun or something. This guy's just stealing. Are you going to shoot him dead in your house? <laughs> It, yes, wow. uh, apparently so. You know, like, <laughs> and, and and that was the thing that was so weird. I loved how he was just like, "Oh, and I missed this ass." Yeah, how would you know? <laughs> how would you know, bro? All you have is just a hole through your door. But I, I had you know. totally forgotten about that scene. And when he yeah. opened the door to check, I totally expected to see the guy with his head blown off on the ground. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know? at least running away. I think that's just kind of where some of that movie magic that they didn't really. It didn't really fully coalesce, you know, where it's just like, if that truly was happening and we should believe it beyond just, you know, the scenes that we see beforehand, like, wouldn't mm -hmm. it make sense to be like, well, how'd you know that, that somebody was there? What did he look like? Like, right off the back, he already goes on his diatribe of just like, well, you know, it's not good to kill somebody, you know, Trey, like, you know, I know you think I should have killed him and smoked him, but, you know, like you say, he goes back to the black on black and, you know, that type of stuff. You know, it, it, it is weird because it's like, well, you had no idea what the suspect looked like, but you're already yeah. like, hey, not, yeah. Well, not, on, not only that, yeah. if I was Trey, if I was that little kid, I would have looked up at my dad. I was like, you totally didn't aim. You just shot. It could have been me. Yeah. Like, yeah. it could have been 100%. me. 100%. Uh, but anyway, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Onward. Well, well, exactly. We'll, we'll, we'll hit the rest of that scene because the rest of the scene was basically tr trying to show cops. And just how oh, yes, cops were viewed. Yes. Yes, yeah. Yes, so yes, yes. it's our first instance of kind of getting weird cop behavior. And, you know, he's complaining about like, man, I called the cops saying I had a break in and it's taken an hour for them over an mm -hmm. hour to come to my response. And then when they do come to the response, like the officers are definitely just like, oh, you know if you would have killed them it would have been another and we're dead you know what i mean yeah, like, you, 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 just, they're like you were doing it as a favor if you killed him and then furious is all mad furious you did try to kill the guy what are you talking why are you all, <laughs> now you're all mad about uh yeah you you straight up tried to kill that guy hi we got a call of a burglary here yeah that was about an hour ago whoa we didn't ask you that yeah well i told you besides i don't like having my son out here in the cold just tell me what happened sir well, somebody broke into the house. I fired at him with my piece, and he ran away. So you didn't get him? Well, if I got him, he'd be laid out here in front of you, right? Is there anything missing? No. Good. No need to make out a report. 
You know, it's too bad you didn't get him. Be one less nigga out here in the streets we have to worry about. Hey, little man. How you doing? Going in the house, Trey. Go on. Something wrong? Something wrong? Yeah. It's just too bad you don't know what it is. You know, I found it interesting that, that John Singleton took the route of, of course, you would assume that it was going to be the white cop mm -hmm. who was going to yeah. give them shit and be very aggressive and racist. Um, and that dog behind me in the background agrees <laughs> with the point I'm making right now. Uh, <laughs> but I found it interesting that he chose the other route. And, and went basically uh, Uncle Tom on that scene with this with this black cop like wow <laughs> like like I thought it would have been two white cops right and then it would have been yeah. like but especially no. nowadays but I mean NWA and that scene they were always kind of one of the big ones to say I'm not talking about white I'm talking about blue you know mm. when they talking about like you know that iconic song fuck the police i mean that yeah. was kind of one of their big things of just like the black cop's going to show out more than the white cop just to let him know you know what's going on you know mm -hmm. like hey you know i'm part of the blue force and that type of stuff and and i think it's just the he tried to resonate kind of with that part of it and clearly just one of those big things and i won't say issues i guess i'll save that for how good was it <laughs> but it's <laughs> one of my things of how he was always just trying to resonate a message of just mm -hmm. like, hey, it doesn't matter the color of the cops. It's the cops that are, you know, it's that infrastructure of power is is the issue, no matter what they are. And I think they really tried really hard to kind of, in my opinion, maybe too hard to kind of, um, you know, portray that. So I, I'm with you in the sense of like, it, it just, we understand what it is, especially for 91, but, you mm -hmm. know, especially looking in the lens of 2023, it's like, yeah, you're, you're, you're portraying the point that kind of, a little bit, a little bit uh, to death, I guess. Um, yeah. This throughout this whole film, it's a very heavy. I, I'll repeat it. It's a very heavy-handed approach. Let's just go ahead and just kind of just fast forward. Uh, you know, we we uh, the last part we'll kind of just mention is right before um, we get into grown-up part. Scott mentioned it that uh, you know the last thing we kind of see because uh doughboy got his ass kicked and you know they're they're walking back as doughboy's like i'm going to the store mm -hmm. and you know like trey's like well you ain't got no money and he's like i don't care i'm still going um <laughs> in which the next scene we kind of see is now we see doughboy getting arrested with young chris um you know and it's just like why are you getting arrested stealing <laughs> you know <laughs> so <laughs> just to kind of set that up which is kind of funny i mean i don't know and that's necessarily how they would handle stealing now. Well, for my, you, but, my assumption is yeah. that they try to hold up the store because, I mean, if they were just there to steal some candy or something, I don't know that they would have had the cops come and handcuff them and take them away in, in, in the back of a patrol car. But, well, but they didn't really specify, obviously. What I can tell you is that black moms were using that scene forever of like, <laughs> if you steal, you're going to go to jail. But then the it's kids like, are like, I'm going to grow up to be an ice cube? All right. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna steal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was just oh, like, it's like, it's like, yeah, I know that's a real thing, but I can't question it at like nine or 10. <laughs> but 
But uh, actually, Scott, why did you take us through our transition to oh, kind of in the modern, act? modern? I believe it's seven years later, and yes. we're going to a, a house, a bar, a barbecue, a backyard barbecue. Um, yet to see uh, Trey right off the bat as Cuba Gooding Jr. portraying Trey now with a god awful ugly shirt that he's got from <laughs> Chess King or something. I, I don't, that that shirt was so bad. It was mustard on black with a big black spot on it. Oh <laughs> he's got God. he's got the high top fade, look, looking fly going going, oh, going to the so barbecue. Funny, oh man, you beat and me then too, of course God. Ricky the Ricky is still wearing mesh shirts. He was wearing mesh shirts as a kid. Mm-hmm. Ricky's wearing a mesh shirt. Uh, yeah, they they had questionable fashion fashion sense back then. But uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, you introduced all of them. You get to see Ice Cube. I believe Ice Cube. I, I wrote down his first line first acted line in any movie was uh let's see what is it he says dominoes motherfucker what do you think about that domino motherfuckers say about that Ooh, that ain't shit i beat your ass three times already that's just one time nigga let's play again fuck that i won't play no more just bust some spanks yeah i'm with that gang bust some spanks cool Play space, dude. Something like that. I have something for you to suck on. Cut that, G. I want one of them hoochies over there. <laughs> <laughs> Iconic. Uh, <laughs> A I, legend was born. <laughs> uh, I I really did enjoy Ice Cube in this role. I, I oh. thought he was great in it. Yeah. I thought he uh he for a first time acting in a in a movie, I thought thought he was great i thought he was believable and i thought he you know still the ice cube nowadays the same scowl on his face all the time and And had some of the best lines in oh yeah yeah and delivered him and delivered him great you know while cooper gooding's trying to trying to act like a shakespearean actor over here in the corner uh (laughs) you know ice cube is keeping it real and uh and you know betraying it you know more accurately i i think than cuba I, um, yeah, I, I dare say Ice Cube didn't stray too far from just being himself. Yeah, yeah, you know, for sure. At the time, so that's why yeah. I came across so well. But uh, yeah, we're at this barbecue, and and uh, that's where we meet a lot of these characters. Yeah, all the modern characters are there. This is where you, uh, you know, you see the friendship. You see that uh, Ricky's got a little baby. You know, he's yes. got a girl and he's got a baby. And uh, also, there's a group of girls sitting together, and one of them's Nia Long, and. They're talking about how fine Trey is, and they don't realize that, that Neil Long is his girlfriend. And she, you know, make sure what, oh, one of those young ladies, so Regina, Regina, Regina King, King, is there. Yeah. yeah, that's the one who's saying that that Trey's fine, and and Neil Long lets her know that that's her man, and yes. uh, they they just kind of laugh at her because I think she's the the kind of innocent girl. She's the the virgin of the bunch. Uh, basically, they, they don't she doesn't know what she's doing. And so they, they they just think that she's she's kind kind of uh just around you know yeah. she's she's not not his real girlfriend they they could take him Regina uh, King man she played this like she went extra ghetto for this role also man. her first role too that was her first uh wow. her, I didn't know it was her first her role. Acting role as well I yep. didn't know it yep. yeah yeah she was young also I think she was nineteen or twenty also when she did that um. So yeah, you get to introduce them all. You see um, Ricky and and Doughboy's mom being being herself still, you know, fawning over Ricky and you know basically yelling at Doughboy about whatever. 
Um, and not a lot happens to the party. You know, uh, Trey is trying to play play hard to get with uh, Nia Long's character, trying to uh, trying to you know not talk to her, uh, give her the cold shoulder to make her want him more. Yeah, and uh, she just leaves the party instead. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, R- Ricky. Uh, Ricky tells him like uh, he's trying to get Ricky to keep an eye on her. What, what is she doing? What's she doing? Uh, I don't know. She just left. So, <laughs> so Trey Trey's got to run out of the party. He uh, has a plate of barbecue. He takes with him, I guess, to give to his father. He goes down the street and there's a baby just walking down the middle of the road. <laughs> so, so some <laughs> random child. He grabs the baby. The bring, bring, yeah. Yeah, brings it to the house. Mom's all, she's all drugged out. She's all cracked out. She's asking him for, for money or something. I think, yeah, she's asking him for money. And he's just like, yeah, yeah, just take your money yeah, keep, or drugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep, yeah. Keep, keep your baby out of the streets. You know, change your diaper. She, she you smells know, almost as bad as you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and then he walks across the street and that's the first time he, he, Couple gangbangers roll by, kind of show them a shotgun and just keep on going. You know, kind of Mark. show them the, yeah, the the life and the what it's like there. Uh, I think Crazy. then we go back, we get to meet. You know, he starts talking to his dad. Right, mm-hmm. goes home and uh, yeah. gives his dad the barbecue right away. Uh, his father says, "You, I hope there's no swine in there." You know, uh, <laughs> dad, dad, oh, never, never chill, never chill. You know, he he, uh, went, he went extra flower con, and that's yeah. Scene. I was like, I yeah. know there, there ain't no swine in there. I'm like, no swine. It's free barbecue, bro. I mean, if there is, just shove it aside and eat the rest, yeah. man. Don't worry about it. Uh, well, anyway. that's that was my problem, at least with that. Well, there's a lot of problems in this scene. I'll let you continue. But <laughs> like, you look at his plate, being the foodie that I am, I was just like, okay, well, what's on the oh, plate? Yeah. And there's ribs on there. And obviously, we know there's such thing as beef ribs, but Those they were weren't not big ribs. enough to be beef no. ribs. Yeah. So it's like... <laughs> Like, I, I think he still ate them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Exactly. He's like, do you not know what swine means? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, furious. Uh, What's that barbecue? Yeah. I know you ain't bring me no swine, did you? No. Uh, Ms. Baker told me to bring you a plate. Brenda, huh? You might have had a chance. You didn't talk so much. Let's see. Yeah. She ain't lost her touch. She still can make some barbecue. Hey, Pop, can you fix my fade back here and up here? I'm eating. After you eat. So yeah, I think uh, at this point uh, Trey asked him to 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 cut his hair, to 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 trim his hair, yes. and of course Such Furious is like, "Hey, I, I'm doing something right now, this and that." I I you no, know, I'm just saying when, when I you know no no chill and Furious, he's all upset. Trey's like, "No, no, just you know when when you're done doing that, it's it's fine, it's fine, you know." And uh, what what kind of parenting advice? I think he starts asking him if he's uh if he's uh been with a girl before. We had some and pussy. then Trey. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. That's that's exactly what he said. Yeah, <laughs> once again, good good parody. Um, <laughs> and then Trey gets into a big lie about how he hooked up with some girl, 
I, I don't know why they, they felt John Singleton felt like the need to do this whole story about how he uh, this whole lie, how he he met a girl and then they go back to her place and then they have sex. But then he's got to jump stick. out the window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he has all this like long this big tale that he's telling his dad trying to but sound cool. My but... favorite part of that story, though, because you're right, Scott, it, it, John, he could have easily done that scene. They didn't need to actually film the shit. Right. Yeah. They didn't, yeah. They, they, he could have just told the story. But for some reason, John Sickles said, no, we're going to film these scenes and show what he's talking about, this imaginary thing that happened to him. But, but when when the grandma or whoever it is returns home. <laughs> And he says, I guess she could smell the sex. And she's sniffing the air. Like, uh, I was screaming, laughing. Yeah. I was like, why would anybody believe this story? Um, well, obviously. Uh, I don't know. I think Furious was eating it up, man. I think he was. Uh, he seemed into <laughs> it, man. <laughs> it's like 40-year-old version. It's, uh, it's like, oh, yeah, Rube's built like, you know, bags of sand. <laughs> that was basically the line for me, too, yeah. where I was like, okay, bro. <laughs> Uh, crap. Oh uh, from there i think uh is it off to school after this is the next day or does oh, he go visit me along what happens after this we we kind of get interludes back and forth of how life is for them but yeah he's heading to school and that's when he talks about how he lied with morris chestnut about how he was still a virgin and you know and why he was a virgin and that type of stuff but i guess before that worst fucking haircut ever uh, such a non-fucking haircut yeah why yeah. the fuck did we have it in there if you were gonna give him a haircut no. <laughs> it's the same hair he trimmed half literally he trimmed half the the right side of his head and left it at that and then at yes. the end of the conversation uh, the sex ed conversation that they had he was like and clean up all that hair and i was like there's no hair to clean up you didn't do anything but whatever what we're trying to say is lawrence fishburne is the worst barber ever <laughs> yeah yeah and i think right about this time we have maybe just a really unnecessary scene right ice cube and the guys are sitting right in front of the house like they normally do and some guy walking by with an easy e uh shirt on rips the chain off his friend and ice cube and his friends beat him down mm. why really is this a is this a video is, is this an ice cube video what, what are you doing john singleton what, really did you have to add that to the the film did you have to put the easy e shirt on him and be part of, <laughs> be part of the food? nice detail i mean come yeah. on oh, well it's funny that's the part that made me laugh when you're seeing all the interludes it's like the, the other interludes are like Morris Chestnut, Ricky, you know, I'm a football player, and but yet we're showing mostly him with his shirt off just laying down and, yeah. and, and in the locker room. Yeah, yeah, um, he's busy. There, there's that yeah, scene, and, there's the scene when the recruiter comes to visit him, right? Yeah. And he's showing yeah, him that, that's clips after VH... kind of the introduce. Yeah. But, but, but in reference to what you just said, he's showing him VHS tapes of him playing. And I was like, motherfucker, that's not you. <laughs> that's too small. Like I was yeah. so confused. Yeah. That was Barry Sanders running. I don't I don't think that was uh that was uh Ricky. I think it was Barry Sanders high school tape. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, but let us continue. My favorite, my favorite interlude though is the part that I think we're all kind of like creeped out by. It it kind of talks about Cuba and Nia Long as they're kind of discussing about sex of like, well, uh, if you want to be my wife, oh my when does God. it matter? That was when a we're so terrible. 
just horrible dialogue. I mean, uh, it's that is just the worst. Honestly, th- this film, when it's not when Ice Cube and them are not around, it is just uh, I just yeah, can't, the I cannot handle the, with the, that any of those scenes with him and his girlfriend. Man, they're they're, they're terrible. Again, the, the the term I'm going to keep using throughout this this episode is heavy handed. It's yeah. like extra to the point melodrama. Where yeah, hey, thank you, Scott, for give, giving a better term. Melodrama is the key word, man, because it was just so extra. It was just unnecessarily. And I, I get, again, I'm attributing this to a young filmmaker, right? He was, this was his first probably big movie. It was just so much melodrama, so much extra in every scene. And that includes the dialogue to the point where it was almost distracting. No, no, you're, you're right. Like well, I said, but the message. Yeah, you're right, though. There's, messages, there's a messages, lot of these. messages. A lot, lot, yeah. lot of lot of these scenes that you, you just don't need it. You know, it's a I guess it's trying to build the world around them. But it's like, let's get let's get on with the plot here, guys. <laughs> yeah. So we're so, uh, with the plot. yeah, yeah, we're, we're we just got to finishing most of the flashbacks of or just the interludes of just how their day to day is supposed to be. You know, Kuba spending majority of his days thinking about sex, but he makes dumb arguments of how to get sex. Clearly, he's not going to be a lawyer. Um, you know, we Ricky's in and out, and then Doughboy isn't doing shit with his life. He's just, you know, oh, following that Spanish girls who yeah, love, by the way. Perfect. So yeah. So the, that's exactly what I was gonna bring up is so the Spanish girls walk by and you know, oh. he says something to him, and then the girl comes back and he says to her, So so when are you gonna let me knock that stuffing off that egg McMuffin? What, My what, guy, do you heard that? that? No, wait, I, I love Ice Cube and he is cool. That may be the worst line in this movie. He would, first of all, we know Ice Cube would never say some shit like that. In real life, okay. And second oh. of all, as as a Latino. No Spanish girl in my neighborhood where I grew up would have ever acknowledged that comp. In fact, if if she if any Spanish woman or young woman would have stopped, it would be like, could you explain that comment? Because I didn't understand what that meant. Because I didn't. <laughs> I was like, what? What do you? That what exactly do you mean? Muffin. I've never heard. But I'm going to use That's... that from now on. By the way, I will well, be using that phrase from now on. But... It, it worked in the movie. She she. <laughs> Found it very uh, charming. Apparently, I, I'm gonna use it at the McDonald's drive-thru. <laughs> when I order egg McMuffin next time, I'm gonna, that's the way I'm gonna order it. Remember, it must be a Latina woman, though. Oh yeah, no, I, I, I'm totally going after Jennifer Lopez with that line. <laughs> Works in the movies. So I, I guess uh, we, what we're fast forwarding a little bit more. Um, you, you brought up the part about the recruiter. Basically, that's kind of what happens where we have this recruiter who shows up at the house for Ricky about Ricky going to USC. You know, this, this recruiter is trying to get him um, to go there. But a lot of underlying stuff as the recruiter tries to make his way. He's making a big deal of like, I'm recruiting in the hood for real, for real. A lot more helicopters. Motherfuckers just sitting out on the stoop checking me and all that type of stuff. And I love how like Ice Cube's like trying to be hospitable. It's like, Man, don't be wasting man's time. Get your ass up and all this other stuff. I'm like, I'm a good, I'm a good host. Yeah, you know? but once so again, you know, the mom, yeah, the mom is the yeah. same way. Yeah, it's all about Ricky. It tells Ice yeah. Cube, get the hell out of the house. Even tells Ricky's girl, get it, get out of here. You yeah. know, he, yeah. he, yeah. Uh, he, he, she wants to make sure that this works out for Ricky. So, what college you from? I'm from USC. Yo, man, you got to have a scholarship to go to SC. No, but it helps. Yo, you think you can hook me up with a scholarship? 
What do you do? I used to play baseball. Shut up, man. Don't you know the man's about business? Move, nigga. Move, punk. Move. Now I'm gonna make a comment. You you made a reference to the helicopters, which were the the sound of helicopters throughout this whole movie. Of course, they don't show the one helicopter, birds. but you hear yeah, them the throughout birds, the whole baby. movie. And of course, we yeah. know where where John Singleton was going with this, the ever present, the ever lasting presence of of the police and the whatever. But it, it was just it was a it was like what is this apocalypse now? Like 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 what is this? Like like give me one scene where we don't hear well, the only scenes without helicopter were when they're playing that shitty score. That's when we didn't hear a helicopter. So I would have rather he heard the helicopters the whole time than yeah. hear, hear that score. Yeah. But um yeah, so we're at the scene with the recruiter and uh you know, this this guy's really jazzed about having um uh this young man play football for the school. But the, the way his face twisted when he found out that that little baby was his son mm-hmm. was yeah. was like was like oh well there goes your chances <laughs> like like yeah. just make teenage sure yeah pregnancy yeah <laughs> what concept well, he I'll also be- seemed very worried about the SATs which I think kind of you know plays out uh, a little bit later in the film he yeah. was worried about like yeah what's going on with your SATs you take your test you, how you doing on that. Now Which, that scene that they show him um in the locker room and he lies down on the bench and he seems to be stressing something. Is that in reference to that? Was he stressing the SAT? He seemed I to be stressing, so. but they, they didn't really show I or think maybe he, I well, when you see him take the SATs too, you can tell he's he doesn't know what he's not doing it, right? He's just kind of daydreaming. <laughs> Even Trey's like looking at him, like, you know, get get to work on your SATs. So obviously I think he's flunking out the SATs. That's why later in the film. He's all talking about he wants to join the army because I think it, yes, his college yes. dreams were about to die because he uh, he uh, he wasn't going to have the grades to go to school. Makes sense. He, he can't get a seven hundred. He has a two point three, but he needs a seven hundred. So yeah, yeah, you know, got got to get that seven hundred, which also just made me. I had to look up SAT scores, by the way. I mean, during our time, and I think I'm probably the last bit of that time, so I can at least add myself with you guys. Like, you know, 1600 was a perfect score or whatever, mm-hmm. um, you know, for a 700. And I'm still kind of like, I think that's almost signing your name. Is it like 500? It's it's pretty low, <laughs> I guess. But, you know, we're, we're talking about his real major. And if you're talking about USC football, you know, the real major, he's trying to major for football. You know? He must have I mean, been that... one hell of a football player for that recruiter to go out there to go meet him in his own. That's all I got. You saw the tape, Well, it was a recruiter for USC. (laughs) The tape tape don't lie. Yeah, it was a recruiter for USC, which is also not far away from from that area, too. You you only had to drive up the road. Oh, well. Yeah, I know. What a road. But yeah, uh, yeah let's let's uh let's continue. With yeah, we can move forward. Um, we take our we take our SATs because, of course, we talk about SATs and now like the pace kind of picks up mm-hmm. and we go through the scene of them all taking their SATs, which I thought was kind of funny. Like mm-hmm. even the the girlfriend who like had the baby, it's like, you don't need no damn SATs. You're, you're not. Going to <laughs> Calm this down. <laughs> but everybody's taking the SATs, you know, people are stressing or whatever. But after they're done with the SATs, Cuba Gooding Jr. and, uh, and Morris Chestnut, Ricky and Trey, they go visit Furious 
uh, uh-huh. Fury Styles, the greatest MC um, at, at his financial <laughs> services. Yeah, you finally see he has a job for the first yes. time. He's actually doing something, not uh, not just sitting on the couch and telling uh, telling Trey to do everything around around there. He actually has a job. Yeah, not a very good one apparently because his office looked like shit, <laughs> and it was in a very just a shitty locale. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how much yeah. money. Yeah, no, um, but. It was it was kind of it's so funny to see this scene and this, you know, 2023 lens. Uh, mm-hmm. But but yeah, that, that part kind of made me laugh of just, you know, on one side, it's like, good, man, it looks like you work for yourself. The other side, it's like, yeah, it looks like you probably should work for somebody. Yeah, <laughs> you know? it looks like you got no business. But uh, yeah, you do work for yourself. But yeah, then he takes them out to a billboard and then talks about gentrification uh, and then a bunch of like neighborhood uh Kids come over and uh, join the conversation, including an, an old man comes over too. And yeah, and it's a nice lesson for Furious for, for us. Why don't y'all take a look at that sign up there? See what it says? Cash for your home? You know what that is? It's Bill Billboard. What are y'all, Amos and Andy? Are you stepping and he's fetching? I'm talking about the message, what it stands for. It's called gentrification. It's what happens when the property value of a certain area is brought down. Huh? You listening? Yeah. They bring the property value down. They can buy the land at a lower price. Then they move all the people out, raise the property value, and sell it at a profit. Now, what we need to do is we need to keep everything in our neighborhood, everything, black. Black owned with black money. Just like the Jews, the Italians, the Mexicans, and the Koreans do. Ain't nobody from outside bringing down the property value. It's these folk shooting each other and selling that crack rock and shit. Well, how you think the crack rock gets into the country? We don't own any planes. We don't own no ships. So that old man in that scene has been in, was in so many movies back then, especially yeah, movies centered around uh, uh, black people, African-Americans. He mm-hmm. was in like an everyone, you know? So I, I, should, I, I, I actually was thrilled to see him. And I was yeah. like, okay took me back to that period but uh yeah that scene um mr furious himself took them to Com- he took them to compton yeah yeah <laughs> he went from one to another yeah um CPT. Uh, yeah and and you know schooling the the two boys about uh gentrification and the results of and how everything you know their neighborhoods need to be black owned invested in which, of course, yeah, there's there's a lot of truth to that, but you know, come on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it's the same thing. It's kind of looking through easier. that lens. It's like easier yeah. said than done. A lot easier. It, it, exactly. Done. It's like I get it to a sense of just how you was trying to put it, just like black owned businesses and kind of just investing in your community. But it was also kind of just like, well, you know you're going to be pushed out or whatever, but it's like, eh, well, you know, we've seen now that it, it you could beautify an area and it's more socioeconomic, not necessarily just community based. So, I mean, it's oh, kinda, yeah. you know, I, I think that's a lot of those, those interpretations that we have, but I do love like that old guy, like you said, he's trying to talk about inflation and how it works and what lowers property values and, you know, and, uh, 
He's like, oh, you know what lowers property values? <laughs> you young motherfuckers shooting up the block. Selling crack and drugs. Selling that shit. <laughs> Which that old man had balls to say that yeah. right in that guy's face. Uh, like, like I was uh, like, he must be the mayor of that little section of Compton because yeah. Furious himself had a big set of cojones and twos. You just take him to another hood where, you know, from yeah. a gang bass, uh, gang bass. I keep why do I, I can't say that's a new I, I like it. I think you started I've, a new uh, phrase I've lost all my street cred officially <laughs> I can't say gangbanger these um, bastards out here bro yes <laughs> let's continue after the billboard scene where do the we billboard scene I think after yeah. that is um oh it's when they uh Trey and Ricky and Ice Cube all of them are out in the the street you know they have all the car everyone's cars out there Crenshaw. and yeah it was a Crenshaw they're all <laughs> hanging out and the uh, the group of gangbangers come by and they bump Ricky as a walking by and Ricky has words with them and then everybody gets out everyone gets in their face uh Ice Cube shows his gun to them you know threatening to shoot them Gangbangers walk away, and next thing you know, one of them grabs an Uzi and Uzi and shoots it straight up in the air, uh, and everyone and everybody run. Hey man, what's wrong with you? Fuck you, looking at nigga. I'm still trying to find out, nigga. Hold on, hold on. Oh, we got a problem here. Hold on. We got a problem here? We got a problem, nigga? Oh, what up with this? Run away, nigga. Can we have one night where there ain't no fight, nobody gets shot? Shut up, bitch. Bitch, I will fuck you. Yeah, and this leads into uh, Trey and his friend driving home. And is he has a he has the cutest little beetle bug. Uh, yeah, I know. Um, That's a nice punch convertible. <laughs> Yeah, I loved it. I, I was jealous. I was like, damn. Yeah, really? That's a nice car. But um, they get pulled over by who? The same, the same cop. two cops who apparently oh, the same have black not... cop. I'm not sure about the other guy. It, it, was, oh. it was a white guy both times, but I, I thought it was a different actor. Oh, actually, you know what, Scott? I think you're right. It was a different partner that he had. It didn't really matter because it was always a, it was always the, the black cop scene. You know, he was the other guy was always just pointless. I, I love side guy. I love the expression on that cop's face, though. Like even he was like, well, you're going a little hard on these. Two yeah, guys, right? <laughs> I know. He's not like he's not like holding Ricky or nothing. Him and Ricky are both looking the same, the same surprise look on their faces. <laughs> yeah, like what's going on there? Like, like you were just <laughs> eating a police burger. Brutality. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, and this uh really gets to Trey. This moment, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> to say the least, he, he... <laughs> it, gives, it gives Cuba his chance to to act, yes, to, to, to punch the wind. <laughs> <laughs> now this scene, I I understand it, it, he's going for yeah. yes. being poignant and 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 you know meaningful, and to an extent, especially back then, mm. it was to an extent, but even back then. I laughed at this scene. Yeah. Like, like it was funny because it was just like it, it felt like Cuba Gooding Jr. going for that Oscar moment. Uh-huh. You know, it really did. Like he went extra on this scene. <laughs> kudos to him, man, because he, he gave it. You know, <laughs> I don't know about kudos to him, but yeah, well, he's I'm he's, punch, he's crying credit. and punching the air and saying he's sick of it all, and he's just he's just throwing roundhouses at, at, at the at the sky. Yeah, I'm not sure what he was doing. Now this did work in his favor. Yeah, yes, because, it did. Yeah. Because one, like uh, I think Scott alluded to the scene earlier. And so he 
you know, and I, I'm sorry, maybe it's just a dirty old man in me, but I couldn't help but notice, you know, he's hugging, he's crying, he's he's hugging Neil Long, and and his 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 face is like two inches away from her crotch. And you're not going to tell me at that moment, Cuba Gooding Jr. didn't know exactly what was going on. Uh. You know what I'm saying? I was like, like, anyway um or maybe it's just me <laughs> you know, that, that's that's good method acting how dare you Gia? Uh, <laughs> but but it didn't it wasn't for naught as yes. he got into her bra <laughs> in the following scene he got yeah oh, he got all into her it got him to second base or whatever base the, no he got, he got him all the way home we yeah. talk about they they have sex after this. oh they do don't they yeah they yeah, yeah, sex, yeah yeah so so it is you know it's his emotions she he shows his emotions and that finally is what wins brandy's heart of like you could cry in front of me and it's like oh perfect the perfect aphrodisiac he says i i I never thought i'd cry in front of a female Mm, easy cuba that was (laughs) that was her criteria apparently him getting you know almost killed by a cop and coming home and crying that was the way into her heart and to her pets um, we move the scene to now we're we're back to Ricky and Doughboy. Um, we're back at their house and their house dynamic of now uh, Ricky is kind of hanging out and uh, he's watching TV. He's watching football, getting torn to get cornmeal during this. Scott mentioned it. He sees oh. the commercial about being in the army. Um, and so he's super, you know, all into it of just like, you know, I could go into the army, that type of stuff. He, he before, you know, he kind of has that dialogue with uh Cuba Gooding Jr. about the army when it goes in. He's trying to leave and uh he has his argument with his brother about absolutely fucking nothing. Yeah, <laughs> which I thought was great, which is real brothers, I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh but they get into a tussle, uh, you know, which to your point, Scott. Like Ice Cube, it's weird that he was this guy, but he was kind of like the moral compass. Like mm-hmm. the thing they got into an argument about was, uh, hey, you know, fuck me. You need to be fucking your wife. You know, like, you know, you. this is why you got a kid. You know, he's, he's kind of like letting him know about the things that he fucked up in life, even though yeah. we already had the full portrayal of him of just like, hey, man, you're always in and out of jail. And But it is great that, you know, it, as it should happen, the gangsters should beat up on the athlete just because, you know. He's a gangster. He does this. You can't, uh, you know, you can you could run a, a thousand yards in a season, but you know it doesn't stop you from an ass whooping. Um, but we see the uh, the dynamic again in which the mom she mm-hmm. she babies Ricky, and <laughs> clearly Doughboy is the one who did it, and so she slaps you know Doughboy to get yeah. Ricky off, you know yeah. to you know save him, and he's now upset and he's gonna you know storm off and go get yeah. this cornmeal for fish. So. Yeah, um, that, that's where we look kind of. Ice Cube keeps saying, "Why'd you hit me? Why'd you hit yeah. me?" T- t- telling his mom, "Why'd you hit me?" Yeah. I feel bad yeah. for Ice Cube's guy. Yeah, no, no he know, was. He really totally did ignored. get the short end of the stick in this family, man. Yeah, I mean, those scenes of him as a child and the mom was like, I thought she, I thought she was straight up a crackhead. Her the yeah. first scene that they show her, yeah, she's like yeah. on the sofa, she's all like in a robe and mm-hmm. acting like whatever. And I was like, is she supposed to be a crack? I don't remember her being a crackhead, but um, yeah, she, Ice Cube's character got the short end of the stick on this one. So, oh, uh, you know, <laughs> Ricky, Ricky may end up getting the short end of the stick. Well, this, this is true. <laughs> short end of the boomstick. Yes, <laughs> coming up on the way, getting what was it, cornmeal? Yeah, there's a yeah, bunch of stories. Cornmeal, cornmeal. 
and yeah, uh, it, and his friend is trying to convince him not to join the army. That yeah. it's uh, you know, the white man's army. Yes, yeah. we joined and, the white man's army. A black man ain't got no place in that. Yeah. So they they reach so, yeah. their local convenience store, and they come out, and lo and behold, they see these guys who they had the altercation with earlier in the movie. And there's a, a a short chase scene. Now this is the part that that really bothered. This is where it got extra unrealistic. Uh, they're they're running the away. Point? Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, this one above all. This was yeah, like the, okay. the final straw for me. Where it was like, <laughs> come on, John Singleton, come on. Like, like, really, dude. Really, you're gonna have this character being chased, and then he he really had to go to the bathroom that bad at that moment? Oh, well, yeah, but the, even then, though, right, he has to go to the bathroom, he stops and pees. Even then, they're, they're still not there yet, right? Mm-hmm. And then, then he has the brilliant idea, like, okay, we should go separate. And why? why? Yeah, <laughs> why Why would you separate, you know? And, he, and, and Ricky's like, yeah, don't worry, they're gone. We'll, we'll separate, and we'll, we'll, we'll meet back at the, at the house. What, what plan is that? That, that, that? Even Trey was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> even he was like, what? But he went along with it for, for whatever reason. And that was his downfall. I mean, well, maybe it saved Trey's life. Too. I don't know. I, at, at I, this think, point, the I think his 40 time was his downfall. I, I think he's not as fat. <laughs> I, I think he wasn't going to go to college. <laughs> He he definitely he could maybe like a four seven forty Dana what do you think four eight you know if if he ran like a four two three he would he would be alive to this day. Oh man, yeah, yeah. There's a reason why they showed that scene in slow motion. It's so we can see that he was not the football player that they portrayed him to be. Um, he gets time. gunned down in the worst way. Yeah, shot in the leg and then shot in the back. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, Trey comes and followed by Doughboy and the rest of the crew. And this scene's sad. Cuba Gooding Jr. was very good at that scene, too. Um, yeah, and yeah, Ice Cube was, too. You know, yeah. yeah, Ice Cube comes and, you know, holds his brother, the whole, too. And... It all felt believable of yeah. just, you know, we're bringing the brother back. He's bloodied and well, dead. And I don't know about that. I, part. Was, <laughs> I was about to say, I was, about to say, I was like, I was like, believable to the dead said, body. As far as believable. <laughs> it's not believable. I mean, maybe they should just call nine one one. But you know, but yeah, beyond yeah. that part, acknowledging that he is dead, all the emotions just were kind of just all over the place. You know, you get them bringing his dead body back, and his his wife girlfriend automatically freaking out, seeing that he's dead. Baby's crying. All the baby like, screaming. Oh, yeah. This is a real oh, baby. Yeah. <laughs> the baby. The, yeah. Oh, this for sure. Not an actor, so. You know, he's got to be part of this scene where a pretty heavy scene, too, for this poor kid. She screamed um, right in his yeah. face, man. Yeah. Where, where he screamed right after she did. He yeah. was like, what? They must what? have pinched the shit out of this kid yeah. or something. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those were real tears. Oh, poor <laughs> so, kid. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, the mom, she finally sees him. She's wondering what's going on. She's blaming Doughboy. What'd um, you do? Which, What'd you do? She goes telling yeah. him, What'd you do? The irony was that. You know, they were going after him because he's the one who had the altercation with that yeah. gangster yeah. bumping anyway. And it's always been Doughboy trying to look out for him, but she yeah. doesn't know that she could care less. The it's kind of there. But um, as they kind of have that moment, um, the powerful moment to me is just Cuba Gooding would just he's 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 just stone faced, he's emotionless, he wants revenge, and he's just walking away. Everybody's trying to find out what's happening within the neighborhood, what happened, what happened. Um, you know, Brandy's running up to him of just like, what's the deal? And he's just like, go home. You know, he's just stone face of he's on a mission, you know, 
you know, hey, <laughs> hey, don't meet me in five minutes behind my door, yeah. you know. So he's 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 on a mission, you know. She, I she don't goes think he needed his dad to talk him out that badly, you know. He yeah, yeah. <laughs> he gets he makes it home and furious comes home yeah. and and you know he's uh he's loading a gun, getting ready and and furious, you know, kind of talks him down. Well, you're a man, you know. If you're a man, shoot me. Does that? Does that does yeah, that which sense? made no sense to me. Yeah, when, uh, yeah, it was definitely on some parenting. I guess. I don't give me the fucking gun. Yeah, that was kind of like okay. Now that you said that, now I'll drop yeah. the gun. Okay. Yeah, I honestly, uh, I think Furious is really close to Stallone in that movie. And then more I think about it, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe it's neck and neck. Oh, oh, you bad now bad you gotta shoot somebody now well yeah i am come on shoot me you bad right look i'm sorry about your friend my heart goes out to his mother and his family but that's their problem trey you my son you my problem i want you to give me the gun so we need a poll is essentially what you're saying so <laughs> yeah. the first how good was it poll yes. who was a better we, we've always established that candy man's a better father than both of them okay we know oh, candy man is a better father than both exactly. of them so Big <laughs> um yeah no so uh kuba he gives up his gun but then you know as he goes to his room five seconds later he's you know jumping in the car with doughboy yeah jumped out the window they're, they're, yeah, so he he's he's looking for the assailant. Uh, you know, they're they're looking to to get revenge because you know it's a, it's an eye for an eye. You kill one of mine, I kill two of yeah. yours. You know that. So that they're driving stuff. around, right? And the, I don't think there's any word said, right? They're just driving around. They're all looking. You know, he's still covered in blood. He just tells Doughboy to pull over, and he just gets out, and, th- and that's yeah. it, right? Th- that's it. So yeah. all that for not, you know, he he pushed out really quick. It got re- too real for Trey really fast when he realized, like, oh, wait a minute. They are really looking for these guys. I am out. Yeah. What am I doing? Get the fuck out of here. That, that's yeah. that moment. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, it was apparent, obviously, what was happening. He he knew his dad was right, whatever, whatever. And uh, just not, he wasn't built like that. Yeah, he just wasn't built like that. Yeah. So, so, so um, yeah, this this leads to yeah they they take him to the curb. <laughs> they eventually <laughs> find him. They, I they, don't know how far yeah. away from home. I hope it wasn't too long a walk, <laughs> but because uh, yeah. it seemed like they were gone like a good distance driving around for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah Ice yeah. Cube and all of them. They they see those guys out, and I I did think this was an interesting scene, right? Because you know those guys are the gangbangers that shot uh, Ricky are sitting in front of a fast food restaurant eating French fries. And and just talking. And what I found interesting is they're just talking like regular guys, right? They're just talking yeah. like like these characters were a little while ago, just re- re- living their regular lives. So not like these big, not these uh, villains or something, you know, plotting. They're just talking about normal stuff. Yeah. And yeah, the nice cube and all of them come up on them and shoot them. <laughs> um, and, and that was a, a, I think Ice Cube was great in that scene. He didn't. It would have been easy for him to do like Cuba Gooding Jr. and overact and and over emote. Mm-hmm. Wasn't there at all? You know, he was he was business. Um, throughout yeah, the but he, you see, still see a little bit on his face, right? You know, he's realizing he's yeah, killing a but person. it's just enough. It's not yeah. where it's overtaking the scene and taking you out. It's not a distracting. 
you, yeah. yeah, you could tell he was in pain and he was out for blood and revenge yeah. or whatever. But yeah, there's a drive by, like all three of them are shot, one shot dead. Ice Cube jumps out of the car and two of them are still alive, trying to crawl away. He executes one of them right away, just shoots in the back. The last guy, I think the same, I think it's the same guy that threw the football to Ricky at the beginning of the film. I think it's the same actor. Now that you mentioned it, it would make sense. He turns over and he tells him like, hey man, I didn't pull the trigger. I was just there. I didn't pull the trigger. And Ice Cube, I don't care. And just just shoots him him in the head. They should have had his last line be, I gave you the ball back. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been great. Yeah. So now we get to the next morning, pretty much. The next morning. Yeah. Yeah, Now next morning. And uh, Trey's outside eating what appears to be like pistachios or something. Because he's just, (laughs) he's not eating, he's picking at something. Yeah. And I'm like, what is he eating? Doughboy comes out and and has that talk and has the, the, the line of the movie. Turned on the TV this morning. Had this shit on about. About living in a violent, a violent world. Showed all these foreign places. Foreigners living on. Started thinking, man. Either they don't know don't show I don't care about what's going on in the hood and and well delivered once again this is a nice monologue by Ice Cube he does a good job yeah. you know he he sells it and yeah you know you know he uh you know he's bas- and he ends it by by basically saying you know I I hope they don't shoot me dead or whatever that is I I hope I'm not you know the next one to die by drive by and and then John Singleton puts up two weeks later. Yeah. Don't wait. Oh, okay. As he fades out walking away, yeah. literally. Uh, yeah. Trey yeah. ends up going to college in, in Atlanta, and so does that girl. Mm. And yeah, yeah, and Doughboy gets shot and killed. Yes. And that's Boys <laughs> the in the end. Yeah. Yes, the yeah. End. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, man. Let's 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 go. <laughs> um, any observations or any facts and figures we want to give about this movie? Well, this movie was a big success. Um, yeah, yeah. John oh, Singleton was yeah. nominated for best director. I, I was wrong. I think I I thought that uh, Lawrence Fishburne was nominated for best actor. He was not, but he was Singleton nominated was, for best he, director. Really, he was nominated yeah. for best director oh, wow. for this film. Yep, yep. Um, it, it was money wise, it, it was a big success too. It oh, made yeah. quite a quite a good uh bit of profit which i don't have the numbers in front of me but uh no yeah, it was a, it was a big success for him and he went on to to direct a lot more movies i think higher learning was next after this but yeah you know he was in demand and he definitely has a style like he his oh, later yeah, movies yeah. you still see the same style uh <clears throat> for, for better or for worse uh in, in his later movies too big success for john singleton especially for his first uh big movie I mean, yeah, it was first made movie for six point five million and yeah. grossed uh, fifty seven point five million. Yeah. So, but yeah, should we go into how good was it then? Yeah, Dana, why don't you start us <laughs> I off? Kind of started I started already. Yeah, anyway. I, I think I think we already know where Dana's going to go with this. He, oh he he chose this movie. What you mean? What you mean, Luke? <laughs> <laughs> Seeing it in this newer, more mature Dana lens, it it it, it definitely. Uh, Brought a lot of different types of emotions, maybe some of the same emotions that I had when I was younger mm-hmm. and just different thought processes 
Um, you know, I, I remember in part one, I was kind of just talking about just trying to bring the whole black diaspora to uh, the world and just the different type of lenses that it has. And, um, you know, I, I think clearly that's what this movie was trying to promote. They were trying to do a lot of messaging. Um, you know, I, I think at times it was pretty heavy handed when we talk about big things like police brutality and just how a, a black man is viewed in the world. You know, I, I think, you know, there's, you could do it with enough subtlety to, to get the point across without having to kind of be like, hey, insert message here um, type of deal. And But then even just now, just being the adult me, just how much of it do I agree with? How much of it is still relevant? How much of it, you know, still has it? But I, I guess at the end of the day, part of what filmmaking and making art is, it's to... Um, not necessarily just portray the message and you should agree with the message, but it's to start the conversation. Um, I, I think this movie did do a good job of at least doing that. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, a lot of the criticisms I do have are, 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 you know, still kind of falls in line with kind of the heavy handedness and, and then just kind of just overdoing certain things. Uh, you know, I, I really, I appreciated how they tried to give some more depth to characters, something that uh, through our recap, we didn't really even mention, but it still makes me laugh. Almost every single scene, it seems like somebody was, you know, having to distribute their philosophy on just what if God was a woman, right? Oh, or yes, just, yes. you know, I, I've, I read this book about just the, you know, about, a, you know, about a woman and, you know, being God and how there wouldn't be war and blah, 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 you know. So I, I love how it's like, to a sense, it's like, you know, hey, uh, you know, they talked about AIDS, they talked about these things, but they really just kept pushing it kind of in your face um, a bit much. And, you know, which led for that time, the early 90s probably to good discussions. I mean, talking about HIV and AIDS in 91, about just, oh, yeah. like, hey, man, you can get it different type of ways, not just what you hear from. During that time, AIDS was scary. It was basically a death sentence. I mean, now being in the industry that I'm in, like I know people beyond Magic Johnson that has lived way longer, you know, mm -hmm. with, with that type of stuff. So it, it's, it's uh, you know, for its time, you know, the, the lens was, was kind of... Uh, not necessarily spot on, but pretty close. Um, but just as you kind of continue to to see it, it, it you could tell that uh, there's things that you got right and things that, you know, 2020 vision will, will let you know that you didn't. Long-winded story short, um, how good was it? To me, it still was pretty good. So surprisingly, with all the critiques, you know, I, I think it still hit things to discuss and have the conversation with. Um, but then also kind of just provide that comedy element that was kind of out of nowhere with some of these things, because as I go on about the philosophy of just if God was a woman and all this stuff and about, you know, what would women do and some of the feminist movement, yeah, the very next scene is just like, yeah, you know, uh, let's let these ladies eat first and whatever. And it's like, oh, yeah, hoes got to eat, too, you know, <laughs> oh, not hoes, bitches, you know, so it it, it is just. Yeah. It, it took us through a roller coaster of things of seriousness with you know a, a good mixture of, of some of that in between but uh but yeah overall yeah it's pretty good I do. as i said before earlier in the second half um this was a huge movie for uh a lot of people in my neighborhood 
um, the neighborhood that I grew up in and the, the, the neighborhood that I eventually ended up living in for quite some time, which was Harlem. It really resonated. But I think looking back, it resonated for the wrong reasons. It had a very similar effect as did another movie, which was Scarface, right? Scarface is a horror story, right? Scarface was a horror story about a power-hungry guy who fell into drugs and money, whatever. It wasn't supposed to be glamorous. It wasn't supposed to be a hero story. Um, same for this movie. I, I saw a lot of the people that I grew up with glorify the characters in this movie as heroes. Totally went over their heads, the messaging. They they went for the the violence, the the the, the humor, the 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 so-called power trip, right? Um, that that comes with owning a gun or being that guy that makes a thousand dollars a day on the corner selling crack or whatever, what have you, right? Like I said, this movie had this very similar effect. It's not the fault of movies like this, especially this movie, which was very clear in its messaging. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't get more. It's clearer to me now in retrospect, watching it again than it was the first time I saw this movie. I, I'll give credit to John Singleton as an amateur filmmaker at the time. I think he he shares this with like uh, Spike Lee in his early filmmaking days, where there was nothing was subtle about their style. It was in your face. It was like it it, it was almost as if I, I get the sense that maybe John Singleton felt like this might be my only big movie, so I'm gonna throw it hard in everyone's face, whatever I'm trying to get across. Um, and so he did. And and Spike Lee did the same thing in his early movies. It was just so in your face. And at the time, it was considered to be, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It was considered to be very different. It was a very different style of filmmaking. There was no subtlety, man. There was no second guessing. There was, it was, what you saw was what was being portrayed fully and in your face. I enjoyed revisiting this movie less than I thought I did. Or that is than I thought I would, I should say. Sorry. Only because it's a movie of its time. Clearly, it is a movie of its time. It it it, it still resonates. The messages in this movie, of course, still still resonates to a degree. But it is definitely a movie of 1990, whatever it came out. It was one or two or whatever it was. Yeah. It was. I mean, there's a this movie couldn't take place in any other era. Some of the characters, I mean, and you had a cast, man. You had Lawrence Fishburne, Angela Bassett. But to me, Ice Cube was the best thing about this movie. He was back then to me and he is now. Because it was Ice Cube just being Ice Cube. Really. And I think it, he felt the most real to me in this movie. Everyone else felt over the top, almost cartoonish. You know, like a like a like a stereotype of a character. Everyone, you know, Lawrence Fishburne's character, especially nobody like that exists. You know, like he's no. too too much. But Ice Cube perfection in this movie. He was just being himself. He was he was he was comfortable in the role, and it showed. Yeah. Okay. I I I, sh I I'm taking the long route again, as I always do. How good was it? It was good. It's a good, solid movie. Is it outstanding? No. Is it, Does it still hold up? In some ways, yes. In a lot of ways, no. 
Um, and especially seeing how much a many of these actors grew, what they grew to be. Lawrence Fishburne, you know, stellar actor. You know, Angela Bassett. I mean, man, after this, she she portrayed Tina Turner. And that was like the role to end all roles for her. And to this day, still a stellar actor, Angela Bassett. Um, even Cooper Ice Gooding Jr., um, radio. I mean, yeah, they, they, all, <laughs> they all made amazing movies after this. I have to watch this radio movie. I am dead. So, so earlier, and I digress, but I have to because I was screaming with laughter. Um, we have a text thread among us. And and uh, Dana and Scott were just sending references to this radio movie. I'm like, I got to watch this movie. I want to end on the, the joke here. But um, how good was it, uh, Boys in the Hood? It was. It's a good movie. Would I watch it again? Probably not. I don't think I'll ever watch this movie again. And I have no reason to. Yeah. Um, but I got the message. I get John Singleton. I got your message. <laughs> All right. Message. Calm down. Message received. I got it. I understand what you were going for. You did a good job with what you knew and what you had. But does it hold up? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know yeah. but it is good it's a good movie if you haven't watched it i would say yes it's it's a good reference to what uh certain communities and neighborhoods were going through at the time and a lot of it as far as uh occurrences that happened in this movie guns violence whatever no not far from the truth not at all what what i meant by heavy-handed and over the top were the portrayals the character portrayals the acting and the messaging that's what was over the top the situations that these characters found themselves in actually very real make no mistake about it um and still happening happening in a lot of neighborhoods to this day but yeah take it away scott sorry i took it oh away. okay um, <laughs> scott was falling asleep <laughs> the biggest og uh, yeah <laughs> Yeah, going into this movie, I remember I remember liking this movie when I saw it in 1991. And I, I can see why. You know, I think uh, being a young man, I think you relate to the movie uh, a little bit more. You know, I think it was a very important movie. I think, you know, John Singleton said that he had seen the movie Colors. It came out a few years before with uh, Sean Penn. And he really hated the way that his area, his neighborhood was portrayed. That was betrayed as all just gangsters and it wasn't there wasn't real people. And I think what he does in this movie is he shows you the real people that live in the neighborhood mm -hmm. and and gets you that the feeling that, you know, this is not all gangbangers. Yeah, they're living in this world. You know, there is dangers in this area, but there's also real people too. And I think that's what he was trying to get across. That being said, the score was really, really bad. <laughs> um and the, the, yeah, there was some acting choices. I think mostly Cuba. I think Cuba Gooding Jr. is the person who I had the most trouble with this movie. I, I forgive children, children actors who uh, maybe can't get it done. But Cuba was he was he was trying some different. I think he felt the weight of being in the same movie as Lawrence Fishburne and uh, and Angela Bassett that he had to to try to raise his game up. And I think he tried a little harder than uh, than he should have. You know, I think Ice Cube, you're right. You know, he Ice Cube to me is the star of this movie. You know, he comes out and he he portrays the character real. And he is, you know, like you said, he is kind of playing Ice Cube, but he, he does that well. Um, and if it was Ice Cube, I think I would probably be a little more down on this movie. I do think it's an important movie. And I think it was telling a story that needed to be told, but... You know, I do think it was kind of heavy handed and it was a bit of a melodrama. You know, I think for a first director, yeah, this this kind of stuff happens. Um, 
But yeah, the guy's cube is the one that takes it over the top for me. So how good was it? Hey, it was good. It was good. Um, same with you. I don't think I'll rewatch it. I think it it is a sad <laughs> movie. Uh, the whole Ricky oh, yeah. scene is that yeah. it's tough. You know, you you grow to like these characters and Ricky dying and you know the way they just wrote off Doughboy at the end. You don't see him die, but uh, yeah, two weeks later Doughboy dies. So you know, it's like uh, damn man. So yeah, um, it was good. I, I I recommend you if you haven't seen it, you should at least watch it. Okay. Well, I guess that's a. That's all we've got to say about Boys in the Hood. Anybody want to add anything else before we... I uh... think we we were debating the first half. Was Rodney King the riots before or after? It was after, but not long after. I think it was it's like six months after this movie came out that the riots uh, took place. And there was a lot... Of, when this movie came out, there was gang violence and, and they had some shootings in theaters. There was a big uh, kind of uh, uh, uproar about you know, violence happening in theaters showing this movie. Oh, the white media that's all they that's all they talk about hey whatever Damn white media mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh and the soundtrack actually like you said score bad soundtrack i i went back and that's all i could do was uh find some oh, of the yeah. songs uh yeah it was a pretty gosh i can't think of the 2020 tone song but they had some bangers and i remember that's yeah, what i remember really, the most about this film was the actual soundtrack now, again it, it clarifying really not the score <laughs> the soundtrack yeah so, uh, yeah everybody cool. go look for that soundtrack whoever it actually is whoever did yeah. the score i hope you're listening to this you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> totally they they must have given the person who gave the score they would say oh this is for a different movie it's for like a comedy or a romance thing or because it was so out of place but anyway whoops press the wrong button yeah <laughs> yeah but uh anything else we want to add about boys in the hood no i think we're good Okay. Let's, let's do a, 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 a little cheerier movie, guys, uh, for, for next <laughs> next time. With that, let's bring this to a close. Please follow, like, subscribe. Everything you see on YouTube is also released as an audio podcast as well. So check us out on our RSS feed. All the different streaming streaming platforms, we're, all, we're on all of them. Um, and with that, let's say bye, guys. Bye, guys. Hey, what movie would you like us to review? Drop your suggestions by hitting us up at howgoodwasitpod at gmail.com.